listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. All right. Big day today here in the booth at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, always got to ask, Stony Buds, how are we doing? So good, my dog. Whew. That was a good one, Buds. Yeah. Good energy. Energy. Now, good. to my left, we have Jake Olson-Elm, also known as Jake O.E. in the booth today. Jake, how we doing? <laughs> What's up, brothers? Doing good. good. Happy to be here. Happy to see the this in reality. I'm a big fan of the of the wall, so it's kind of cool to see it. And obviously, got to spend a few days with the homies. So, fucking stoked. Just like just like old times, you know. Happy to have you in the hole. Now, uh, for our listeners that may not know who you are and your body of work, uh, going to do a little brief description. Now, Jake O.E. is a Midwest juggernaut. That's right, juggernaut <laughs> that pushed street snowboarding in the best direction. His riding has always been loose, wild, yet calculated. Uh, Jake knows how to have a great time, which we will talk about oh. today in the booth. He is beloved by his peers and his fans. And if you know what's up, you basically know Jake O.E. is one of the best and realest to ever do it. Now, Jake O.E., I'm here to learn today. You know, you seem to live like a great life. And, uh, you know, I'm looking for some life, life advice, you know, like may, maybe we could talk about the key, you know, you're recently engaged, engaged, you know, maybe is there, is there any keys to a uh, successful relationship? Things like that, Jake. Oh, dude, absolutely. Kurt, and actually, um, I've learned this a lot, like coming as like a dude and like women, like, um, technically I'm married, not engaged. Oh, and yeah, I'm married. And I Sorry, to- I butchered that. <laughs> you're married. <laughs> Yeah, I got married about 200 days ago. Congratulations. Thanks, brother. Um, but it's funny, too, because, like, everyone's, like, you have to, like, do these rings and, like, all this stuff. And, like, I knew nothing about it. Like, I thought you got married. And, like, literally, buy my lady a ring. I was super pumped on it. I actually spent, like, like six months. I like, actually created the diamond, blah, 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 which is, like, like shout out to all the boys out there if you really want to you know, make your lady happy, like design the ring, like go all out. But <laughs> see, we're learning. All right, <laughs> it, learning. It, it matters. It's like, and it's cool because then like, that's the rock that they have forever. And it means a lot more. But, um, I remember like, like life advice or whatever. And <laughs> going to weddings, I was like, probably like three weeks from the wedding. And also I realized like, shit, that's an engagement ring. That's not like the ring. Like you have to get two rings. <laughs> I did the same thing, dude. <laughs> and I just all of a sudden, like, shit, because there's so much going on with planning a wedding. I was just like, oh, my God, I blew it. Like, this is it. I actually blew it. Like, this is going to be those ones I'm never going to let down. And I kind of, like, I don't know if I was, like, very direct with it or, or like, gentle. I was like, like God, it'd be kind of cool if, you know, you just, like, I don't really, like, that ring is so cool. Like, Maybe we don't, you know, add anything to it, you know? And she's like, oh, yeah, that, that was my plan. I was like, thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. You're a goddamn saint. She was down. She was down. Like, I didn't know if she had, like, some idea. Like, oh, yeah, like, I picked the ring, and then I give her another ring. And then I was like, yeah, anyway, so. 
Write I, that dude, down. That same thing happened to me, and I blew my wad on the first ring, oh. ring, and then I found I had to get another one. But I ended up getting one, but I had no idea. So yeah, nobody tells us. This stuff, yeah, this so. is why this is a learning is podcast huge, yeah. for people. Now, yeah. buds, why don't you fire off that Patreon? Let's go. Let's get into a Patreon right out of the gate. All right, we have a Patreon question here from mm. Patrick Shambrook. So sick. Regarding no highbacks, how about today riding out with your mates? And also on a pow day, do you ever put them on? Um, I good question. I kind of get that a lot. Um, so the whole high back thing, like the way it started, is actually with the Signal Boys, Mark, Dave, Mark Waranga, Dave Lee, they're the owners, and we're having like a good time in Big Bear. And they one day they're like, "Dude, you should try this thing." Like Mike Rankwit does it. Dave's really good with Mike Rankwit. They're all homies. Like we're all doing like no high backs. You should try it. And I was just like a shithead snowboarder. I was like, absolutely. Like, I was like, let's do this for a weekend, and I'm riding. And I loved it because, like, you can do certain things you can't do with high backs. Like, maybe not to the pristine eye, but, like, just the way it feels. And then, like, I just fell in love with it. I did it forever. And then realized, like, I was actually, like, a pretty good rail rider, like, in my, like, younger years, like, just before this. And all of a sudden I realized, like, I lo- I was losing a lot of tricks, like, with rails and control. And, like, I would do see, like, my front 270 or, like, my back tail 270s. And I was like, like, damn, like, I can't really do that without high backs. Like, I can, but it doesn't look as good. So then, like, mid-career, like, I tried to go back. And I just can't go back. Like, I, because I had to, like, when you have no high backs, like, you have to turn differently, especially in your heels. Like, I feel like my shoulders are more like this. And I'm like leaning all like seven different directions, and then like over high backs, I like I can't do it. I like I I'll catch my edge, I'll fall. So like, like I don't like go for it if you want, but I don't necessarily suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he asked about a powder day. I mean, people ride with no bindings on a powder day. So yeah, I powder day. Powder, powder you can day, ride anything. Yeah, no big deal. Like you can ride yeah. those snow surfers. Like that's like it's. How do you do on a wicked icy day? It's tough. A lot of, lot of, lot of one eighties. Lot of, lot of one eighties. Like running around, toe side yeah. to toe side. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like ah, a little like, bit of falling leaf but scenario it's like, sometimes. But that's fun too. Like now when I snowboard, like it's really cool because it makes riding down like the hill more fun because like I have to pre like kind of like look ahead of like oh this is gonna be a big hillside turn I gotta like kind of get my shoulders up and I gotta wrap up or if it's like gonna be really deep I'll just do one eighty and do it switch and carve so like. There's really cool aspects of it, but if you're trying to be like a like a rip run a rail, like I don't know if I would necessarily <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, the high back is crucial for people that are unfamiliar. They're like initiating heel side turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like an absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I I love it. You also are known for riding with your boots untied. Was was so yeah. So I I want a ham. I I was like, oh my god, no high backs. This feels so cool. Like. This is sick, and I really was loving it. And then I was like, I'm going to start untying my boots. Like, this is even sicker. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where, like, I would get new boots, and the first thing I would do with them, I'd put them under my truck, and I would drive over them. Like, I'd put them up like this, like pushing the toe down. Wow. And, like, really stretching. I'd park my truck on it, go back and forth, back, put them on. The boot warranty people love this. (laughs) The warranty department. Keep going. And then I would cut the tongue off of the boot so now there's no tongue now they're like literally wearing boots and then like a year later i started getting some pretty bad ankle issues <laughs> i think i saw some of that go down Dude, and i'm like limping and like 
And I'm just like kind of thinking about it. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Why is this like, I just love the feeling. It's just like with certain tricks, like I will say it feels so cool. Like when you do like a really good lip slide or if I can put together like a back lip and you land it because it's harder to land too. Like, and you ride away, like that feeling is priceless and it, and it works out. But like it also makes it harder. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is my job. Like what the hell? Like, like kind of like really like, I wasn't like trying to be like this core dude. It was more actually for myself. But then like, and then, and then I like was like went super tight boots. And like at that point I was like probably not wearing gloves, like long hair, whatever, like, like super core. Like two years after that, we got tight boots. I got like these little Burton hammocks. So I do have like little high backs now. They're like these rubber things, which are, they, that saved it for me. Cause then I, now I can actually kind of hold a heel edge before I couldn't. And, and then, um, yeah. And then I started wearing long underwear, gloves, jacket, <laughs> face mask. And it was warm. I was like, Looking back, I was like, what was I thinking? You were, like, doing everything possible to make the experience yeah. harder. I was, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so, like, just just so I could, like, ride away feeling a little cooler. Yeah, <laughs> but if you nothing anyone else can see. Snowboarding technology has, like, climbed so far from its <laughs> rudimentary days of Sorrells and shitty bindings, and all of a sudden you're like, no, I want to make it very different. <laughs> I want to make this trick that's difficult and make it exceedingly more hard. You wouldn't even wear long underwear? Oh, dude, it was bad. Like, and then when, like, like, but you get used to like the the cold weather, and like, it wasn't like this idea of like you're looking cooler. It just felt like it felt good, like just being a rat. Like, and I was such a rat snowboarder growing up. Like, definitely no gloves. Like, I remember it being like legitimately riding Highland, and one day it was no shit, negative twenty degrees outside. I don't even own gloves, and I, I remember being like. This is like a danger because like I was fine riding without no gloves. It was like negative five, no big deal. I can't even go outside today if it's like below thirty two without gloves. <laughs> <laughs> like, like then, like, but like I th- honestly, I do believe your body adapts to it and it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. So it's like I was just kind of like able to be comfortable. But anyways, that day it was negative twenty out, and I was like getting frostbite in my hands, and I. Went into my car and I found socks. And so I put socks on my hand <laughs> so I wouldn't get frostbite. And I'm riding this and like, I think that was kind of the moment where it started to click. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't know. What about the rope toe? The rope toe, dude. You just, if you carve up, you can grab on. And if you like, so like the rope, uh, if for speed, the people, if you're matching the speed of the rope, yeah, it's, and like it's not uncomfortable in your hands. Yeah, like the people that don't really know like rope rope toes, like that's a big Midwest thing. Maybe like somewhere on the East Coast, probably not. But it's like like the key. It's like the rope toe in itself is an is an art form, and it's like a lot of people will go up and like they'll have these gloves and like you know they sit still and they'll grab it and like they go to the bottom and like hop up and grab it. But the key is is like when you land your last trick, you're already looking at the rope toe, so then you can take a wide carve ride back up the hill so when you grab it you're going the same speed as it so it's not there's no force what about all the other people around or your first time getting on that for the day but then then i would go like this with my sleeves okay <laughs> and i would go like that gotcha that's how i get on and you yeah. gotta you kind of you also don't just grab the thing you gotta kind of ease, ease your hand that's the it. thing i see people rip their shoulders out of their sockets and it's like dude you gotta, you gotta go. ease onto her yeah and like yeah you, you know we're not really there to make friends, so you know if there's someone in your way, <laughs> you got like you got to learn the hard way, bud. And, like that's how I grew up riding. There's 
I got pushed off a lot. And I'm not saying like you're not giving the stiff arm, but it's kind of like the surf lineup out there. It's more like a hockey. Uh, it's like a hockey mentality. Yeah, at you the rope check show. somebody and grab it, and bam. It's always. Yeah, I mean, it's really fun. Like you just get like comfortably close, and you're gonna jerk them kind of because you're coming in hot, and like if they fall. It's like, well, that's how you learn. Like you got to figure out the rope though. Like that's the key to life. That's the key to life <laughs> in the Midwest. Now, no, I, I want to, we were talking about this <laughs> earlier, and I want to talk about, you know, you're, you're not really in snowboarding as much as you used to, but you said something very insightful about the things that you miss about it. Yeah, man, that's the crazy part, and it's been fun, because I've been out here now for, like, three days, and I've got to, like, really, like, hit on some of, like, those old memories of, like, all the things I miss. It's, like, honestly, it's everything, like, besides snowboarding. It's, like, seeing the homies, like, hanging out in the hallway, getting those early chats, like, Got to hang out with Runky, Ryan Runky for a little bit. He's a he might be my like new current spearing animal at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but like all those like it's so sick because like if you don't have snowboarding, you don't really have this connection with people you don't know, and like you just get in there and it's like, what's up? How is it going? Like it's easy to meet people, and like now like I'm on like that the other side of it, and it's like. Like, for example, like, I, like, really, I'm really big in, like, bubble hunting, and, like, I try to do it a lot, and I always think of, like, a snowboarding, it's, like, how thankful I am because I had all those friends to snowboard with, right? But, like, with, like, bow hunting, I'm, like, I don't know anyone, like, I don't even know how to meet people, like, and, like, so, like, everything, like, with snowboarding, it's, like, all those random things, like, sitting in the car, talking with you guys, like, a lot of lifetime friendships that, like, I definitely don't take for granted, and it's, like, and that's cool because, like, we'll get older. Like, I've definitely distanced myself, not, like, on purpose by all means. It's just the way life goes. But it's, like, I can come back here to Salt Lake, and I've just been doing the runs, hanging with the homies, and it's, like, not a day has passed. And it's, like, dude, what's up? How's life? And that's that's the real special part about it. And, like, all the jokes, and it's just, like, I don't know. I think there's something special to be said there, too, because if you think about the having the foresight to realize that if you're – on a snowboard trip with your friends or you're filming a video with your friends and you're hung up on the fact that, oh, we didn't, we had bad conditions or we didn't get a trick. You know, that, that can be the mentality when you're on a trip is like, oh, this sucks. But really looking back, it's like the tricks, sure, they matter. But what you, what you really remember when you get some, some like retrospective perspective on it is that like the, t the things that you remember the most, like you said earlier, the, the hallway beers, the chats in the van, you know? Oh dude, hallway beers is like my favorite. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was the best. Like you go on a, tr like you go filming and like, maybe you complain a little bit in the morning. Like I was always, I thought I was pretty positive. Like I was enjoying it, but like you get beat down. It is a lot of work. Like is there's nothing easy about it. Like you are fucking grinding. But when you get home and you got to, like, figure out dinner and, like, someone wants pizza, someone's, like, like that stuff kind of gets old. You're just like, just get some fucking food. Like, like, God damn it. And then, I'll, but, like, you get back and everyone's, like, the day's accomplished. Like, you know, someone landed a trick. What I'm doing, I'm going cracking a beer. I'm going sitting in the fucking hallway. And everyone just kind of sits up because, like, what have sometimes, you know, you have, like, you know, filmers and writers. So you'd have three, four rooms. You don't, like, want to sit in a room because maybe someone's tired and editing or uploading voted photos or video, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, oh, I got I to gotta go upload some footage and I can't hang out. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, but so we always go hang out in the hallway. And then I, I love it, too, because the 
you definitely make an impression on the in the at the hotel. They're like, "What the fuck are these guys doing?" Like they're just like here for a month and they they just sit in the hallway and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> now we got Airbnbs too, so that's nice. You can just that's, have that family room. Yeah, but you don't have the hallways. You know, it kind of throws it all. So you, off. you go. You're gonna go hotel over Airbnb. No, I'll probably go Airbnb. Right. I like cooking. <laughs> I, mean, I love cooking. Like, mm-hmm. like not like this. Like, I I like cooking like as a family. Like when you're like at the spot, like making breakfast. That's fun. So. Made the whole crew breakfast yeah. a bomb hole cup. Yeah, you know, I you know, I figure like was like I could contribute maybe like family, <laughs> family meals. Are I was like, you guys are all working so hard. Which like honestly, good job. I'm just kind of sitting there, like being a pile. I'm like, maybe I'll make breakfast for everybody. Like that'll be my that'll be my role, dude. Those snacks were clutch. They're clutch, mm-hmm. isn't it? It matters. Like, and because then, like, not only that, like, like the food, whether or not like it's good or not, you just save so much time. Like, like I'm just trying to avoid the conversation. Of where should we eat today? <laughs> and also, everybody loves the guy that or, or girl that that cooks food on the trip. Mm-hmm. You're instantly like. Yeah, we should have we should we should have him back. <laughs> we should have, we need that guy. Yeah, we trip. should have like you know it's Harrison Gordon too, prime example. Yep. He's loves chefing. You're like, yeah, we we got to get Harrison on this one too. And he's like chefing it up. Yeah, I'm just trying to niche my spot out for those future family invite. family <laughs> meals together too on trips are the best. It's cool, yeah. and then like you can spend more time together and not drive around and look for whatever something. Yeah, and something. everyone wants to go to a different restaurant. Like everyone wants saying. to go to a different restaurant. People <laughs> get like the older you get, people get picky. They're like. Like, yeah. let's get Asian food, let's get burgers, let's do this. It's Somebody like, has just wants a head of lettuce, maybe. And I started doing that towards the end. Like, I'd, I'd just buy groceries. for Like, if we're going on a road trip, I'd just be like, yo, guys, like, let me know if you want. I'm just going to buy all the groceries. We're going to be staying at the Airbnb, and I'll just cook, and we can split at the end if you want. And then it's just it's just easier. And then you just can focus on more fun stuff. Love well, it. Let's run it back to, uh, we didn't really talk about the, you know, the early days mm-hmm. of Ooh. Jake O.E. Young Midwest Hungry up and coming, Jake O'E. What what did that look like, Jake? <laughs> so <sick. laughs> dude, honestly, just a rat. Like my life is was like one hundred one hundred and twenty percent snowboarding. Like I fell in love with it. And they're actually okay, so even go deeper. The way I got into it was strictly because I skied with my parents growing up, like when I was like two, three, like really young. They'd take me out. And I'd see these guys snowboarding, and they were wearing cool hats. And I was like, I was like, I want to wear a cool hat. Those guys are cool. And I was just like, immediately realized how lame skiing is at that early age. Thankfully, and I was just like, <laughs> the snowboarders had cooler hats. Than the yeah, they, had, they were just cooler. <laughs> and I was just sick. like, like, I please can I snowboard? Please can I snowboard? And my dad was like, No, nope, you got to wait till you're 13. Blah blah. And I was, like, young and, like, please, 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 just begging, 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 begging. I want to snowboard. I want to snowboard. I want to snowboard. And then finally they cracked down. They're, like, I think we went to Highland. They, like, we rented a board and um, went to the tow rope and immediately started crying. I remember this. I was, like, eight years old because I couldn't snowboard. I could ski. Like, I don't honestly don't even remember skiing, but, like, I know I could at least, like, get on the chair, like, maybe get on a tow rope. But on snowboard, I couldn't. I spent the whole day, like, crying because I was, like, this sucks. I want this so bad. So then I got into it, and then finally, like, progressively got into it. And then, I don't know, man. It was like that scene at Highland was so insane. Like, Joe Sexton, Ricky Tucker, Jonas Michelo, like, all, like, we were all just kids snowboarding. And that's all we did. Like, and it's really cool because, like, we even have cell phones at the time, I'm pretty sure. 
We definitely didn't. But everyone was always going to be there. Like, you never really had to ask. You just knew the boys were going to be there. And that's all you did. You just snowboard. You just snowboard. You just snowboard. And it was kind of sick because being from Minnesota, being a pro snowboarder wasn't a thing. So there was really no carrot at the end of the stick. Like, I don't think any of us like, were like, you have to, you know, you have to ride backcountry. You have to go to Colorado. You have to do this. And we just like what we were doing. And so we just rode and, like, that pushed each other a lot. And... Yeah, then, so anyways, fast forward, we all ended up becoming pro snowboarders, which is, like, crazy looking back at it. But it was just, like, there was no, like, it was just love snowboarding. We just wanted to snowboard, and that's all we did. And we were just rats, like, no gloves, no hats. And it was just, like, that was the main focus. And it was, like, and I do kind of feel bad for kids now with, like, Instagram and, like, you can be somebody. But, like, if you get to that core love and, like, passion for it, that's where it really matters is because if you're just focusing on snowboarding and, like, that's it, like, maybe it'll work out. And that's how I feel like it worked out for all the Midwest guys, the Minnesota guys. But, yeah, so anyways, yeah, so that was pretty much just absolute rats, like, having, like, you know, dropping ramps. And then, like, True Life came out, and that fucking blew my mind. Actually, the very first video part I've ever seen was and that's right when DVDs came out and so like my parents bought me a snowboard video because my other friends were watching snowboard videos so I was like so I missed that whole like like I destroyer like all those videos I never saw them growing up I just I didn't watch videos at that point like the early years and when they got me a, a this it was True Life and it was a DVD player it was like the first one like we had and I couldn't figure out how to work it and so I'm like trying to figure it out and sure as shit the first video part of me seeing someone street snowboarding was nate bozung and i was just like my mind was just absolutely changed after that i was like you can hit shit in the street outside of the resort and you can do all this stuff and then after that like we i literally think the next day i convinced my mom to drop us off at the grocery store to hit a handrail and because i saw them do it i'm like oh Instantly, I could do that. Like, that's, like, no big deal. And, like, we set up, like, <laughs> like t- I think we set up, like, two carts up. And it was, like, this sick, like, small down bar. But, like, not, like, that small. And I remember my buddy being, like, you don't have to do this, man. It's, like, it's okay. <laughs> and I was, like, no, 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 they did it. I can do it, too. It's cool. And then we did it. And, then like, after that, I was, like, totally hooked. It was game over. I was, like, yeah, this is like literally this is my life like i blinders on 100 percent. sounds like you set up the wow. spot the same way you would probably today the uh, level of shittiness <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't take that back dude. i've come full circle like like i i feel like towards the end there i was a damn near god at setting up spots like towards the end there i have a i have a career in uh creating children's sledding hills someday because with the torch and like banks and everything that um there's a full technique that Ethan Dice is another pro snowboarder. Him and I have definitely come up with the art of like making sure spots are like beyond dialed. And that and that's an art in itself. Like some guys aren't like that and that's how I, definitely how I began. Like no high backs, no boots, a little bit of snow, like this will be fine. Like and just like I think it was more like I was just didn't have a, the fucking patience to set it up and like breathe (laughs) and like realize that like this will probably be easier if you make it easier on yourself and like spend the time to think about it like 
don't just throw stone. I'm like, all right, we got to go. Like, I got to do this right now and, like, try it for a long time. But, yeah, towards the end, like, I think I got pretty fucking dialed with, like, it was like, it became a craft. All right, Jake, I think it's a good time to get into a guest question, which is also the same as a Patreon question we had from Nate Robertson. Nate, mm-hmm. Jed and him asked the same exact question. So, that being said, here we go. Hey, what's up, Chris? What's up, Buds? And what's up, Jake? Um, Jake's one of my favorites, and I know I'm not the only one. It's easy to watch him snowboard, and it's easy to see that when he is snowboarding, it's super authentic, and he's not faking the funk, or, like, he is kind of always in his own lane doing cool shit. And my question for you is just, when you were filming a lot, where were you drawing inspiration from, and, like, what kind of stuff were you watching to get you hyped before you were going out to film, and... Um, yeah, that's just my question for you. I uh, love you guys. I hope that the episode's going well. And yeah, peace. Damn, so sick. It's crazy. Yeah, I've known Jed for a long time. I remember when he was like a rat. And anyways, um, <clears throat> where I drew my inspiration, like obviously, like it's kind of a cliche, but burning bridges, absolutely love hate. Like that was my life. So, like, for me, like, my f- my videos was True Life, um, Happy Hour, and then the Burning Bridges videos. And I I don't know. Like, I honestly think I drew more inspiration from, like, I thought those guys were super cool and, like, they're pushing it this way. But I also pulled it from all different aspects. Like, watch a lot of skate videos, and I f- pulled a lot of inspiration from that, which is funny because I don't skate. And But, like, I always thought, like, I'd see them do things, and it's just, like, it, when a skateboarder does, like, like a Wally, for example, there's, like, that moment of, like, they're going to fall off, and, like, the board's going to fly, and I always thought that was cooler. Like, and probably that's why I was, like, more, like, detached from my bindings and stuff, because I, was like, thought that, like, feeling looked cool. But I don't know, man. I, I like, my inspiration, like, it's so freaking random. Like, it would come from absolutely nowhere. It would just be, like, an idea. Like, I was always thinking about it. And, like, I think of, like, a trick. And, like, well, that would be kind of cool if you could do it this way. Or, like, this kind of spot would be cool. And and that was it. Like, I didn't really have, like, this, like, predetermined, like, look. Like, I was, like, going for I think. Like, it was just, like, ideas that would come into my head. And I'm, like, late at night because I'd have a hard time sleeping. I'd just be, like whoa, what if you did it like that? And then that's more, like, mainly where it all came from is just, like, very spur of the moment then, too, because there's, like, all these, like, little thoughts in my head that I haven't really concrete written down per se, but, yeah. That's you, you know what's amazing, too, is, like, if you think about video grass, you fit in there so perfectly because it's rough around the edges. It's, oh, like, yeah. you know, you you, you kind of had what uh, Meyer would call Jake make, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, like, your textbook take, like, Take a Jake O.E. in a Mac Dog video with, like, a big cinematic camera. I don't know that it would work the same way. Yeah. I just don't know. I, I mean, maybe, but, but the way Meyer was able to capture capture your snowboarding where you, you land a trick, you ride away, and there's that famous one in the last ones where you roll your eyes. And, he's, <laughs> and he rolls it. And, like, that's the, like, he's able to capture your, your total personality by like zooming in on your on your eye roll as you land like oh god you know and, like, that's the that's the best shit ever right I, I will say that eye roll was like i forget it was probably riley because he would always be like okay the kind of like what what you're saying like with the jake make it was like i was always like i guess i was authentic in the way of, like if i landed i'm like that works like 
that's it. Like, that looks sick. Like, it's, like, I really do like, like, Jake Kuzik, the other pro, like, super sick guy, really good snowboard, and he's so calculated. Same with Luif. Like, I always really looked up to their writing. And my writing was, like, kind of different. Like, if I landed a trick, that's it. Like, I'm down. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I, I. You're like this. You're like, dude, I think it's sick. I like it. That was pretty sick. I, dude, I like it. But I will say that I roll. Like, when I'm riding away, I'm pretty sure that was Riley filming. Yeah. And I was like, and I don't do that trick. <laughs> I think it was a switch back tail or, like, blunt 270. I don't think I've ever done that trick in my life. And it was, like, one of those spur of the moments, like, That'd be kind of cool. I'm going to try that. And I did it. And I was riding away. And I knew he was going to say that trick doesn't work. And I rolled my eyes. I was like, it's fucking going in. <laughs> like, I'm not doing it again. That works, Riley. <laughs> Which Riley Erickson's. Let's give him an air horn. Yeah. Riley Erickson's a fucking man. He well, was big homie, big filmer. And definitely like House of 1817. Like we go way back. Film my first video part. And Let's talk about that. Is yeah. that bad ideas? Bad ideas. Bad ideas, which we will will have on the screen for the YouTube, is the part where you rode to Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin. That was where I saw. I mean, we met. I met you with Joe back in like the eighteen hundreds with fucking. I got a good story about that actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Run it up. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Like the first time we met, it was actually we were like sixteen or seventeen. And that's when, like, Joe and I were storming. He was going with the high cascade in the summertime, I appreciate it. And he started, like, became friends with you. And he was like, hey, there's this guy, like, Adam Malinsky. He's a filmer. Like, do you want to go on this trip to Mammoth? And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, sure, I'm down. Like, I just said yes. Like, I don't even say no. I was like, of course, yeah, let's go. And, like, we're able to make it work. We go out. And I don't even know who we're going with. And it was, I think it was, like, it was, like, you, Scott Stevens, Granger, Adam Malinsky, and, probably somebody else and Joe and I and like we were riding it was like this cool we were like super freaking young and then um I was like super pumped like that was it and then like I never saw you again for like maybe a year or two and the next time I saw you you were driving down government camp in a shitty Mercedes that you had just bought Cadillac Cadillac. Yeah. Cadillac. And I was like, no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is so <laughs> sick. He was driving around in a Cadillac. I was like, Granny's the fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> that new money. New Cadillac. Spe- couldn't cartel. spend it fast enough when I started getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no way. I was like, and it's so crazy looking back. Like, that's like a half a life ago. If you think about it, like, that's forever ago so it's like crazy to even like <laughs> see like what <laughs> it is <laughs> like that's a long time ago and it's like so cool to see your friends like from like this early on ages and like where they're at now because you definitely have friends like that like with high school and you don't know where they're at because they're not snowboarding and they're not in front of a camera and so it's like really cool to just like look back at those memories of like when we're all like rats and like see how they develop and how they like create themselves and so, anyways, I always thought that was funny. That was like my first memory. I remember I was just like Grenier driving around in the Cadillac. I was just like, "Oh, he's the fucking shit." Yeah, we were. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was good times. Now, go, going back to the the bad ideas part, I remember that part came out and like we got our hands on that DVD and we were like, "Jake Oe is the fucking man," and you're just slaughtering rails. And one trick in particular we got to talk about that still Ooh. would go, would still could be like an ender today is you did. A hard way back 180 
to switch nose press down yeah. the rail. And you didn't ollie. You no. ollied. Yeah. And that was like, <laughs> we were like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was super anti the, the nollie back tail 270 because I always thought that just looked kind of like, like no hate out there. But, like, I always thought that looked whack because it's, like, it just seems more powerful. If, like, like, when you go up and you're doing a back tail, you get up, you ollie, and you land on it. Versus, like, this is so much easier sometimes, I feel like. And I always like the big ollie. And then, I don't know, I started, I was starting to do that trick a lot. And definitely wasn't premeditated or anything, but, like, that was a trick. Like, I was, like, really wanted to emphasize I was not nollying. Like, I wanted to just do a really big back 180 on switch nose press. Yeah. that I mean, that whole video part was so sick. Like, and I remember, too, like, that year is, like, I think I was, like, 18 and, like, out of high school. It was my first year out of high school. And, like, you're doing things outside of, like, your parents' thing. And I remember I had three hundred dollars and i remember being like so happy i'd save this money and that was the that was all the money i had for that year and i was like and we just made it work we just went out and they it didn't matter we were going out filming we had spots and we were going to film as much as possible and like and that was it and i love that video part it's probably still my favorite video part of like to this day just because it was so pure and like so ratty like this is just like pure passion like full snowboarding, like I want to make a sick video part and like no gloves, jeans, and why'd you choose Janice Joplin? Janice, jo I was just obsessed with Janice Joplin. Like I always was. Like I always thought she was just so cool, and that was before like I even got like deeper, like learning more about her. Like reading her books, you kind of realize like like she's a very like kind of like deep, sad person, and like she got into drugs and unfortunately died and. All of her songs are about, like, pretty much not being loved. And you can just, like, feel that from her music. Like, you can just feel it from her belly. Like, when she's talking, like, it's, like, a re it's the real deal. And I always really admired it. And it's, like, actually now kind of looking back, like, that's kind of, like, like how I was snowboarding that year, too. It was just, like, really giving my all. And, like, and so I always really resonated with her. So, yeah. Uh, another notable thing about that part too is, you know, I, that was one of the first times I was seeing sewn in pants and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, tailored in. In regards to that, I have a guest question from your dear friend, Mr. Joe Sexton. Yes. Hey, Jake. It's your fishing buddy slash golf partner slash overall admirer of you as a person. I have a question for you. One thing we always nerded out about as kids snowboarding together was fashion and gear particularly snow pants one part of my question would be why did we sew in our snow pants back then who were we influenced by and as your career changed and your style Sick. and preferences changed was that a conscious decision or was that something you were just kind of rolling with like as you transitioned into a little bit more functional outerwear and things like that was that a conscious choice or just sort of going with functionality i uh, love you dude and hope you're having a great time out there later so sick um i'm glad joe got on there he's he's the <laughs> fucking shit i know exactly what he's getting at too <laughs> so okay so it was like snowboarding like for us like i like I don't really know what happened, but, like, that's, like, when Tech Nine was really hot. Like, you guys were all out, and Joe was even wearing, like, baggy pants. And something clicked, and I don't know why, but, like, 
we all just started wearing jeans, tight jeans. And um, maybe it was, like, because, like, Cooley and Nemo were doing it. And, like, we were obsessed with it to the point where, like, like Joe, for sure, we go to spots and, like, our, if our jeans didn't look good, like, if our fit, like, our shot was ruined. Like, we couldn't <laughs> snowboard. If the jeans didn't look good, like, we couldn't snowboard. So we had, like, our prized possessions. And, like, a big thing we always had, we had, like, the Nema pant that, like, so our buddy John Hodge, like, the creator of eight, House of 1817, was a great snowboarder back in the day. But yeah, big shout-out to Hodge. And um, I don't know. It was just like, our thing we bonded over <laughs> was wearing tight jeans. <laughs> Didn't Joe have like a big old jersey with tight jeans? Yeah, yeah, old, early yeah, tech, tech nine. That was yeah, that was a transitional yeah, period for him. <laughs> <laughs> he was like tech nine because like we always like like we were never like because I feel like there's like sometimes like there's like those crews. It's like the tight jean guys like don't really mix with the tech nine dudes or like whatever. And we were definitely never like that. We just thought it would just look so fucking cool to wear tight jeans and whatever. And so we would nerd out. And Hodge had a sewing machine, so like. I actually, I was getting, like, at that point, I think I was sponsored by, like, on, like, the rep level um, with DC snowboards, and they definitely don't have anything close to, like, what I wanted to wear. So we'd bring over to Hodges, and we would just sew it all in <laughs> and make it as skin tight as possible, and making snowboarding harder again. <laughs> yeah, harder to move around, huh? So, Kinda. man, you're like, dude, this is sick. This dude. is sick, man. <laughs> but, like, it, it mattered so much to us because, like, if you do a trick and you're riding out and... We were obsessed over, like, pants. Like, those pants look so sick. Like, no fucking way. So we really, like, pushed each other. And, like, we have our pants and jeans. And and then like, you get a little bit older. And then, like, <laughs> start realizing that, like, um, like, like going back, like, like, seriously, no gloves. Probably a long sleeve shirt on. Some epic band tee that you went to the, and got from the thrift. Everything's from the thrift store. And um, shout out to the thrift store. That means that that needs to make a big comeback. Like, gets a little too clean these days. We need more thrift store stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, um, I got one more thing to say about that. But um, anyway, so like the older I got, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I making my life so hard? Like, just because I think it looks cool and that like passion and like for sure that all that matters. And then like. I all of a sudden, like, I remember I was just, like, riding with some homies. Actually, like, I th I think with Riley Nickerson and he was wearing XLs. I was like, dude, can I wear your snow pants? I was like, I was like, whoa. And then I was riding for Quicksilver, and they had, like, all these crazy under, like, warm um underlayers, and I would just load up on them, and I'm like, I'm never going back. I was like, this is <laughs> so much easier to just be warm, not complaining, not shivering before you hit a spot, and you're, calculated moving a little slower because you're not so cold and trying to warm up so yeah that you was like complete fashion over function at first oh absolutely fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that was everything like fashion like long hair that's all like, that mattered. yeah long hair and like and like like kind of like like going back to it like that was our thing we would snowboard and like during those days it was snowboarding we would take take a break that break would consist of not going and eating because we don't eat. We would go to a thrift store and look for band tees, look for all of our stuff, take our break, warm up, and we would go back out with our new band tees and put them on. <laughs> and, like, that was, like, the progression of, like, everything. Like, we'd get up, go snowboarding, go to a thrift store, like, find some sick shirt, and then and then if you found, like, a really sick shirt, like, you'd probably save that for the right for spot. For the right spot. And I remember, like, waking up in the morning, I'm like, 
not thinking about snowboarding. I'm just like, what shirt should I wear today? That would be really fucking cool. <laughs> the old kit crisis. Just like, like waxing boards. Nope. <laughs> Dude, your setup is just destroyed at all times. Destroyed, and I I loved it. Like to the point where it's like bags of thrift store clothes just like laying around and going through it and. Some serious gems that I still hold on to, but that was our thing. We just loved thrift stores, loved music. You're always wearing stupid hats too. Those stupid, stupid bad, <laughs> bad ideas. You got like a sideways hat. You look like it's like so amazing. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I think I like a lot of. Uh, I got really big into Hawaiian print there for a while. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I was like super stoked on Hawaiian print and like, but it's like you know people say look good, feel good kind of thing. I guess it kind of goes to that like. If you got to a spot and you didn't feel good and like your kit, like probably not getting a trick that day, bro. Like no. you gotta, you gotta be looking good. So, did you ever get any pressure to move west? Because you guys were like the first wave that didn't move out. You just stuck. Dude, that wave was that wave was crazy. I think it. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just for me, it kind of blindsided it, everybody in a sense. Where like, like I remember riding one day. We were. We're doing preseason at Wild Mountain, which is like a classic spot for everyone to do preseason. And it's probably like Ethan Dice, Mike Casanova, and myself. And we'd always play skate. Like we'd set up a flat bar because it's just a hill, so we could drag rails out, no jump, and we'd do tricks on it. And I remember seeing Mike Casanova snowboarding, and he was just like throwing us under the rug. And like, I'm like, dude, you are so good at snowboarding. I remember, like in my head, I was like, why are you not a pro snowboarder? I'm like. Why is this a thing? Why is ever like all the pro snowboarders live out west? Like, why are there no like snowboarders from Minnesota? Like, doing like because street was becoming a thing, and like that was the year that he went to contest and just blew up. And then like I don't know if it was just after that, but then all of a sudden like like all your friends like became sponsored and like now pro and pro models, and it was just like it was just like a, a light switch. So no, never any pressure to move ever. Like everyone was just like like you're seeing sick change nothing like just keep doing what you're doing now i have a question i know earlier you mentioned hodges and he had uh i know he had a quote in regards to like ams uh being better than pros whoa damn that goes so deep did joe tell you that uh i heard that you say that on airtime podcast actually. oh <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Woo. jody yeah no way that's so sick um okay so yeah i remember like we were, yeah, it's kind of like that era. We we're talking about pro snowers, and Hodges is very forward thinking kind of dude. Like, curated the whole look of 1817 for sure. And, like, he was like, why don't we do like like little edits on like the Monday, like before, you know, Instagram and everything? It's like, let's just put out an edit like of what we do on Monday. So we started doing Monday minutes, and we would just go out, whatever we got that day, it was going on kind of vlog style. And I was just like, I'm down. Like, that's sick. And then, like, Anyways, so, like, yeah. But anyways, so when it goes to, um, so, and I still think this is so true today that, like, am snowboarders are always going to be better than pro snowboarders because that's just the way it works. Like, if you want to be a pro snowboarder, you means you have to be better than a pro snowboarder. You can't be just as good of, of them because then they're not replaceable, which is kind of a harsh way of saying it. But, like, I mean, like I was even watching, like, the bomb home comp on the open Versus, like, the pro section, and, like, people are like, damn, they're going ham, like, they're going nuts, like, like, yeah, because they're going to be better, like, they are probably better, you know, at this point, if they're all becoming ams, they're going to be better than pros, 
and that's just the way it works and i think that's so cool because like i feel like that's the way it works is like when the am is like all of a sudden like they're crushing it crushing it and then they are better than the pro it's like that's when they become am like that's when so it's like when you're better than a pro is when you become am and then like something has to happen for you to become pro but like if you're like not sponsored at all like you have to be really good at snowboarding to the point where you're better than a pro snowboarder. I always thought the AMs got all their eyes on them at that contest where the pro they're already established. They got they're, yeah, they're established and they get lazy. Yeah, they could and get hurt. Like yeah, they, I think, yeah. I think they're maybe a, having fun. That's a great. That's a great perspective though. I think for any kid trying to come up and realize why am I not sponsored? Why do I not get paid? I can do. I saw, I saw a pro do this trick on the rail. I did the same trick, and I think that. That sh- that perspective shift of being like, well, I gotta be if I want to be am, I gotta be better than these guys is like, yeah, it's gr- it's great uh, advice. Yeah, like you you seen like someone doing like like this is whatever. Like now everyone's really fucking good. And I'm not really keeping up with the tricks, but like if a pro's doing a front board on a two sev and you do a front board, no one's really gonna care. But if a pro does a front board on a rail and you do a cap two seventy, that's when it starts mattering. Like you have to be better than them to, you know, get to that am level. You need to be the guy that impresses the pros. Yeah, and then yeah. the pros are all talking about. And it. then they're like, "Whoa, yeah, exactly." And then like that's kind of just the way it works. Like there's obviously in snowboarding, like there's no like regime of like certain check marks you have to do. But just from like an outside view, like it's totally true. It's like 100 percent true. Like if you want to be a pro one day and like at least get to that am level, you got to be really good at snowboarding. Like. <laughs> And you got to be, and more importantly, you got to be easy to travel with. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was like, that's a crazy thing because you can be a really good snowboarder. If you're not fun to hang out with, like, like it's not going to work out. And like, that's cool though. Like I really back that because that's what makes the community sick. Like you can't be some asshole that's really good at snowboarding and you suck to travel with. Like you're not getting invited back. Like, you know cook breakfast you know maybe you'll get invited back next time (laughs) (laughs) if nobody wants you in the van with them yeah that's a bad move oh dude absolutely like that was like for me like with other people like i didn't like necessarily bring like a lot of like guys up i gave like advice but like if there like if there was two guys that was one was way better than the other and this guy's super cool and he's pretty good and he's got a cool style and he's fun to hang out with all day long that guy Mm -hmm. that guy's rolling with because that's what matters like that's the vibe and that's that's snowboarding. It's not a, like it's a sport, but it's not. All right, we're gonna take a little break here and talk about some bubs collagen protein. Chris, I know you got a fresh injury. What you got going? Yeah, well, Jones, I just uh, obliterated my shoulder. Uh, just completely completely exploded this thing, and I've been chugging collagen protein powder in shake form. I've been putting it in the coffee. I've been trying to get as much down the gullet as I can to come back from this injury because I know. You shattered both your legs, and I heard you were chugging Bub's collagen protein to get back. Yeah, I started chugging. I've been consistent on it for two years now, and like it will do to your collarbone, you keep that going, keep it ingesting it, it's going to glue those bones back together. It did my legs for sure. They were in lots of pieces, um, my right one specifically, and... I avoided two surgeries that the surgeon wanted to do um, just by taking bubs and getting that bone to grow and getting some material in there so it could remodel and do its thing. So I'm backing it. Lubes me up. Um, my gut's solid. I like it. The stuff's it. proper. Well, the thing is, too, we're just a couple old war dogs out there, a couple right. old battle dogs trying to trying to stay in one piece. And sometimes you need a little you need a little collagen to do that. And I know that. A lot of our listeners are probably in the same boat. They're, uh, 
you know, basically a lot of, a lot of Baja miles on these chassis. So if you want to keep going, get yourself some Bubs Naturals. Uh, 10% of all profits go to charity, which is really cool. It's a company owned by a snowboarder named Sean Lake. So that's huge. Snowboarders supporting snowboarders. And lastly, if you want to pick some up, head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 15% off. Again, all lowercase BOMBHOLE for 15% off at bubsnaturals.com. All right, it's time for NTVP. Now, Name That Video Part currently does not have a sponsor, so it's sponsored by the people. This one's sponsored by the Patreon members. This is a podcast funded by our sponsors and funded by people to buy merch and also funded by our Patreon members. So uh, if you want to support the podcast, it's the thing that's awesome about Patreon is the more Patreon you know subscribers we have, the more we can say whatever the hell we want and we don't have to abide to any sponsors, sponsorship obligations, and we have free media speech. So that's what makes it really special that we're supported by you guys. Obviously, of course, our sponsors as well. But this Name That Video part is presented by Patreon. Now, uh, if you want to sign up, you can find a link at bombhole.com. Love it. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about sign up? You could sell anything, couldn't you? Patreon, I'm a big Patreon guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the most full of shit humans I've ever met in my life. All right. Um, so, we always asked, uh, confidence level, zero through 10. What do you got, Jake? I, I'm feeling like I, I'm, I'm feeling 12. 12? <laughs> 12. We've wow. never got there before. Yeah, that's a respectable number. I just, like, I've, you know, I've done my research. Like, I research in the sense I've watched a lot of podcasts with yep. you guys, but haven't watched video parts in a long time, but I think I would can you, dive deep. Would you say homework's done, time to hand in the paper? No, I think, yeah, the homework's done. Like, I've seen it. Now it's just time to, you know, do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Burning Bridges. Um, this is Hebel. Woo! <laughs> that is like almost too easy. Yeah. Well, I do have to say, you know, you, you did talk a lot about burning bridges. If you didn't get it right, you, that was right, yeah. by the way. Yeah. And, 12. Duh. 12. Duh. Claimed it. And that would have been a really bad look if you didn't. Get it. <laughs> really so, bad. Uh, you already commandeered your uh, prize pack, but pull that thing out. You just won that. You weren't going to have to go home with that if you didn't win. <laughs> I love it. So you it. got the bombhole tote, which is available. Great for grocery shopping at bombhole.com. I'm actually a big tote guy myself. I, I bring this into the office all the time, yeah. and I think everyone thinks I'm a fucking psycho. They're like, who the hell is this guy walking out with this goddamn tote? Like, <laughs> it's just nice. <laughs> <laughs> no one else in the office is rolling totes? <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm the long hair. What are you talking about? You look, yeah. Looking like you came right from a Pantera concert in the way this, in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Love this. The Thanks, staple boys. hoodie. Yeah, you're loaded up. Let, let me, I got something to say about that video part. Can I say that quick? Yep, of course. That was, I remember there was always a thing that um, Joe and I, Joe Sexton, that we've already been talking about, um, would talk about is, like, once we got to, like, having three clips of that year, because in that video part, he had three clips, it was like, Okay, like we at least we can have a video part because Hebel did it. He only had three shots and a really fucking sick video part. <laughs> <laughs> so that was always like the threshold. It was like, okay, yes, got my three shots. I'm really stoked on. I'm like, let's keep it moving. But that video part was sick. Three shots and a note at the end. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> okay, wow. name that video part. Part two is for the people. Uh, if you know the answer, you comment on the photo of Jake on Instagram when his episode comes out, the thumbnail photo, the first photo of Jake. That's where we select our name that video part winner. What did they get, Buzz? 
They are going to get a prize pack. Some bombhole miscellaneous goods. Okay, this one's a little too easy, and I shouldn't say anything. Uh, you can you can we'll say it. it we'll beep it out. Bleep it know. out because I saw you guys done that before. Yeah, we've done that. Game over. <laughs> you don't even need to say it. You know what it is. I actually have no fucking clue. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know this song. I know it. Wow. I, like, over. Wow. Are, you have a friend that's going to be disappointed with you. Let's see. Oh, yeah, beep that we'll up. Beep that up. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Thank you for playing. Name that video part. Now, uh, let's get into some let's get into some Jacoe stories here. I got some some we spent the thing that's great about us three is we spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. A lot of hallway beers. A lot of yeah, we we've we've been to Finland. Uh you stayed at my parents' house in Massachusetts. Oh, that's right. Uh, and let's just start with one of my favorite clips, which we'll have uh, on the screen for YouTube, <laughs> is when we went out and we hit the wall in the bank where Scott Stevens got the cover. And yes. your first go when you <laughs> came in, you went to do a backside alley-oop and basically like upside down pancaked <laughs> into the wall. <laughs> Can you walk us through that, Jake? <laughs> walk that through that is... <laughs> That was probably a lot, a lot to do with coffee. I would say is like I like like one thing I would always drink like way too much coffee in the morning, get all fired up, and I was just like, oh my god, this is gonna be so sick. I'm gonna go like super fast. And we built that thing like that. Steve was doing the one footer. I remember like I was doing a back three, and I jumped, and I wasn't the best jump. And all I remember looking at was glass because there was like glass above it. And I think one of them I like came close to it. And it was just like full, like explode. I was just like, not going well today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like upside down. I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, it's probably like one of those things. Like, I don't know if this ever happens to you guys, but like you're riding in and like you completely had zoned out. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what am I doing? Like, (laughs) like, I was right. I'm like hitting the, like, what, like. Like I'm hitting this thing and I like I th- probably like forgot what trick I was doing and like what aspect I was going at and yeah, a lot of backseaters. He actually got signed prints of the make, uh shot by who, Buds? Myself, Stony Buds, aka E Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Which you got your now you got your signed poster or whatever, you're selling photos, right? Well, this will be available on bombhole.com. But autograph. Another great Jake. way to support Stony Buds is is www.e-stonephoto.com. Check it out. And you I can check buy prints galore. P- prints galore if you're looking for more prints. It's actually crazy. You have like the Mark Frank print on there, which that's a fucking classic. It's That print's still sitting at my parents' house to this day. Which on one? The, the one that we have in the office here? The, 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 the one he fell on, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, the, he one, shit. the one that he <laughs> yeah. can't. He literally, yeah. he literally eats shit. Yeah. And I was like, love, love it. that shot, though. Was, yeah. It's about the moment. It is. Yeah. I Sometimes. mean, look at you. You landed upside down your first time on the wall. But yeah. you got it. Now, let's let's talk about... <laughs> Dude, talk an interesting about... thing on that trip, though. Do you remember when he fell asleep? You might have been asleep, too, at your parents' house. Oh, the photos. No, I was partying. <laughs> so you were out with your brother. I was partying, and I was with my brother. This guy I... falls asleep at your house, and we put, like, your parents had a nutcracker collection yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> and we put every little nutcracker... <laughs> Thing on top of Jake, and he was just passed out with like a hundred little statues on. Yep, my mom Good was times. like, "Chris, I got you a nutcracker every year for Christmas." <laughs> Every one of them was put on top of Jake that night. 
<laughs> Shout out to my mom. Let's give her yeah. a horn. I think Shout I, out to letting us crash at the house like oh, that. Oh, yeah. That was cool. I also oh, yeah. remember the bungee back for uh, the alley-oop, uh, or the Stevens one-footer. We were pulling it, and I was the most hungover human being. I Ready think, to die. <laughs> I will say, but that's when we started doing the car pullback. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. was, that was like, I think that was like an organic move that maybe happened then. Ground I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think like we're all like kind of tired, and it was a fucking bungee pull. Yeah. And like we were getting really tired. And I don't know whose idea, but like, why don't we just pull on the car? Yeah. And so you were just driving the car back and you grab on it and fly into it. <laughs> it's like, well, if we're pulling the car back, we probably go a little faster now and like shoot the moon. Shoot the moon. We, what a crew we had. Dude, Bradshaw was there, right? I I will Scotty say that. Stevens that YouTube. was actually, it's right here. Yeah. The, this is that from that trip. Yeah. Me, you, Stevens, and Bradshaw. Bud shooting photos. What a, what a crew. What a great Justin trip. Justin Myers filming. No, yeah, no, that was really fun. Another clip we have to talk about that was your ender in the uh, the last ones, which is one of my favorite video parts of yours. Thank you. Was the Cab 270 back lip on the Providence <laughs> Rail. And he literally, he's. I see him go switch lip, and I was like, oh, he's going to, He's. I think he's eyeing something up. And then first try, you went hard way Cab 2, Cab 2 back lip, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. just laced, and the boys went nuts. <laughs> I remember that day. It was like, I think that was kind of photo getting, was shot that day. That that group shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. It was because it started raining. Mm-hmm. Um. Now I remember that day too. We were. It's like you get kind of towards the end of the season, and you're you're really starting to get beat. And I remember we were sitting there. I'm pretty sure it was like with Harry Hagen, filmer. He was filming with us. Now he does vans and. I remember just being there and I was like, didn't really know what we were hitting on. I was like, I am going to get my last, like my last shot today. Like, this is going to be my ender today. Like, I don't know. Like, like I'm going ham. Like I got to just do something. Like I got to wrap this season up. And Did I remember, you know what trick it was when you have that thought? I don't think so. Just like I want to end. No. And I think that was like a Laurent move with him and I, like, um, we would always talk about that. Like, like you'd probably be like pretty hungover, getting burnt out in the season. You're like, fuck it. Today I'm getting my ender. like i remember that day i was just like in that mode i was like don't care where we're going i'm getting my ender today like i'm going ham i'm lacing something i remember that was that day and (laughs) after later they know first try first try (laughs) crazy dude i remember that trick that was insane now let's go let's fast forward to or maybe same year uh finland Which you must have drank like 7,000 beers on that trip, which is amazing. Oh, we're talking beers, boys. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Were the three of us on that trip as well? Yeah. yeah. So we were... Same in, year. No, so this is the funny part is um, I spent like a, for like for sure a month in Finland. And I was... So the trip before that mm. with you guys, that was the Dirk's trip where he jumped out naked through the window. And... We were drinking beers, <laughs> and it was like every day we'd wake up, drink a thirty pack in the van. We'd and poor Meyer is just like, gotta go ABC, we gotta go ABC, we gotta get more beer. Go get more beer, drink all the beers at the spot, and then we would go. Um, we would drink all the beers at the spot, and then we were driving home. We're like, we got beers for tonight. Drink another thirty beers, and then we would just constantly be doing this rotation to the point where like we're not getting like like armor drunk, you know, like super wasted, like. Cause you're shoveling, but like Laurent's like, you know, pouring beer on his toothbrush in the morning, getting the guys all fired up, <laughs> instantly cracking beers. And you know, it's just a constant buzz for like two weeks. And then I go, and then like, all right, go home. Like we had a beer wall going and like 
These guys, like the whole maze thought we were absolutely nuts. Leave, go home. Meyer hits me up. He's like, hey, we're going to Finland tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember because Yusaku Hori, my good buddy from Japan, was visiting in town. And I was like living with me at the time. And I was like, dude, I'm going back to Finland tomorrow. <laughs> I could have like I literally landed went back to Finland the next day and that was with our crew that we were with and the train had not stopped (laughs) still drinking still drinking and like we were going there and I was like and like you guys were like a much more proper regime I would say like (laughs) way more like not to say that we weren't serious at all like because we were very serious like very determined to get clips like that's what we cared about but we also were drinking a lot. I remember on that trip, and I was just piss pounding beers. I think <laughs> <laughs> just, just piss pounding beers, and like I will say though, like not like because you get the sloppy guy, you know. Like I never was like the sloppy. No, dude. no, never. Like I was always just like casually drinking, and then we had like, and my always my excuse was always it was a. Uh, I could use a little shoveling fluid right now. I think. <laughs> Dude, that <laughs> like, was a trip. Crack a beer. I would see you. I'd be shooting a photo. You would land a trick. We'd be stoked. And before you were unstrapped, you'd have a beer going. <laughs> and I'd be like, where did, he, where did he get that? You had him hidden in snowbanks, like strategically. Oh, it, it was like my third arm. <laughs> it was like, but I remember like, and then like we would be riding and be like, not landing trick. It's like, I need landing fluid now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> my shovel <laughs> fluid, need my landing, landing fluid. It's just every excuse to drink beer. And you can drink beer in the van. Breakfast and, fluid. And it's so easy out there in Finland because there's so many spots. Like, I feel like over the years we got so dialed with it that I wasn't spending a lot of time, like, having to be, like, mentally focused. I'm <laughs> 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 like, we have to find the, you know, this spot. Like, we're not spending, like, we knew where we were going. And so it was very casual. But I remember... Um, I remember showing up in the hotel lady saw me pulling to the hotel again and she was just like, You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> like this guy's back. <laughs> I was like and I think it was that trip or another trip too, or because we always went to the same hotel. It's always the same hotel ladies. Bless her heart. It's got the sauna in the basement. Sauna in the basement. And that was the thing oh, though, it was right. like we could drink beers all day long, come home, sweat it out, drink beer, no hangover in the morning. Felt great. <laughs> Ready to rock and Wolf roll. Wall Street style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would sweat it out and, you know, probably go to bed, you know, 10 o'clock. Maybe you know? that no hangover was just that beer you were brushing your teeth with. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. A little hair of dog. But no, I, I, I will. I, I swear to God, like, no, like, like, I feel like I was never hungover. But, like, yeah, you could drink all day. I'm like, I never got to that sloppy mode. But I remember when I came back after that trip, I was like, because I lived like a kitty corner to a bar at that mm. point, And I'm like, Waking up for breakfast, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get a beer, you know, and like drink it at like 10 a.m. And this is going, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> I was like, like that's not cool. <laughs> like it's cool when you're working and like being accomplished and with the boys, but also I was like sitting there, I'm like, like scratching my head, I'm like, I think this is how people develop problems. <laughs> and I remember I had to like consciously like. Don't walk there, you know, in the morning. Like, maybe wait till, like, 3 o'clock. Yeah, like, watching the clock. Uh. The other one from Finland that I always sticks out in my mind, I think we might have talked about it in Joe's episode, but there's that wall ride that you were scared about. And and you, like, I remember you were just, like, hammering beers before it. To get All right, so no, this is how it went down. It's because I, uh, you know, I take the blame for this one. It's, it's all my fault is 
I was so used to the regime before that, like, we're always picking up a 30-pack before the spot. And I had drank all my beers from the day before. And we didn't, you know, we're not doing two beer stops a day anymore. And also when we get to the spot, I'm like, look at my back. I'm like, fuck, I don't have any beer. And I was like, at this point, I can't snowboard without beer. Like, <laughs> like it's like, it'll throw, it's like, it's like, you know, I could I guess equate it to like, you know, if you drink coffee every morning, like, <laughs> you need your coffee to go snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we're at this spot and we had set it up. It was kind of like, I wouldn't say high pressure, but there's like roads, like, easy high bus spot i'm sitting there i'm like looking around like all super nervous and joe's like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm fine he's like i think i'll be fine I'm like i'm not like i am scared of the spot but like like do you have any beer he was just like yeah he's like i think i think i have four and i looked at him i was like can i have all of them <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me he was like oh yeah for sure here you go buddy <laughs> and i just like drank four beers i'm pretty sure hit the spot and ate complete <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> the first go, he goes backside wall ride, and there's a screw sticking out of the wall, and he catches his toe edge at apex and falls like 15 feet directly to flat. This was in Finland. Yeah, I remember after, this. One. After hammering four beers, like, and then his first go was a disaster. So, and I, I will say, like, you know, four beers, three beers, or whatever it really was. Um, like, I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think I was just like. Like, uh, made a mistake. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't think I ever got like drunk, drunk. It was just like, you know, a little, you know, a little shoveling fluid. I was at the bottom shooting. So I had no idea that went on up top. Well, one thing that's kind of sick though, is like, I remember like bailing and sometimes I almost prefer that because you kind of get it out of the way. And I'm like, now I'm like, let's go. Like got that one. Like, like I feel like pretty fine. Like that <laughs> That hurt, but I'm like... That was about as bad as it can go. Like, that's as bad as it can get at this point. <laughs> and, like, technically, that's a shot, so... <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about spyoptic.com. Now, summer is almost here. And you know what you need for summer is some eye protectors, some sunglasses. So... Good news is, Spy has all kinds of new killer styles out there to keep you looking fresh all summer long. You can shop the new 70s-inspired hotspot and the 90s-inspired hangout, both made from 50% plant-based materials, along with the entire sunglass line at spyoptic.com. Best part is, we got a promo code for you. Use code BOMBHOLE15. Bombhole 15, all capitals, 1-5 at checkout, and you will save 15% off your entire purchase. So why not support a brand that supports the show and head on over to spyoptic.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE15. Well, all this talk about uh, hammering beers, I think it's time for the pub beer crapshoot, huh, buds? It is. Let's go. Well. You with me, Doug? No. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Delicious. Nice. I will say though, that I've got you guys got me on these. These are the best beers. So yeah, Delicious. pub beer. Whether you're thinking about maybe casually having one or two or chugging four or five and then uh hooking your edge at the top of a wall ride. <laughs> what beer what beer are you gonna choose? We're gonna go pub beer every Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Cheap fun beer. It's now. Welcome to the Pub Beer Crapshoot. All right, those are the Goon Gear dice. Shout out to Lucas Magoon. The Goon Gear is a six. So uh, roll those. Okay, I get what you're saying. Roll those, <laughs> and we'll tell you what you have to do 
How many rolls I get? Just one. Depends on what you land on. All right, here we go. I got a six down here and a one, a seven. You got a seven. Yeah, oh, seven. This is my, <laughs> my favorite question. Who is one of your favorite people to party with? Mm. Oh, I mean, you know, we got levels here. Like we got certain scenarios, you know, is it a blowout weekend? But probably like, oh, that's so tough. Like party, like what do you mean party I with? I mean, you could give us different scenarios. <laughs> why, why don't you take us through a couple different people, a couple different scenarios? Maybe like, maybe start with a casual like beer on a Friday and then like uh, maybe stage two would be like blowout bachelor party weekend. I'm just I'm just gonna go with this just because um, it's relevant and uh, I'll just say Laurent Nick Dirks, those are the boys. Like I remember, <laughs> like don't see him anymore. So that's why I'm like, well, what do you mean like party? Like we don't hang out as much, but like those guys was like, like we were good partiers, <laughs> <laughs> professionals. It's just like laughing and like having such a good time. Like I love traveling with them and. Like, you'd wake up and Laurent would crack a beer and just to get the boys fired up, you just, you know, pour a little beer on his toothbrush. Like, make sure you're watching. <laughs> and, like, you know, this is what it was, too. We'd be on trips and, like, everyone's <laughs> kind of, like, half asleep waking up. And, like, the way he'd wake everyone up would just be like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it'd be like, and it's jet lag. And so we're talking, like, 7 in the morning. <laughs> And, like, I don't know. I would say those guys were always, like, and even Dirk. Seeing Dirk this weekend, he's still ripping. And, like, those are, those guys we had, I had so much fun with. The other thing, the other factor, too, thinking about trips is, like, you, you have your you have your beer, you're catching a buzz, but you're also kind of getting a buzz from the clip high. Mm -hmm. You get a oh, clip. Yeah. Like, Laurent was the king of when he got a trick, like, he's having a fucking good Everybody's having a good day. <laughs> Like, I got a fucking back lip today, man. Let's watch the fucking clip 40 times. <laughs> that Let's was have sick. some fucking beer. That was fucking sick, man. And like, have another beer. Let's watch it again. Let's watch it again. That was sick. Let's watch it again. Okay. That was a spaghetti flip. That was a spaghetti flip. <laughs> I want to get into uh, from Justin Meyer. Um, he had a great quote about your snowboarding. <laughs> he said that your snowboarding is like bowling. Ten times you're going to get a gutter ball. <laughs> but every once in a while, you're going to get a strike. <laughs> we're talking gold, though. Like, I, don't think, I don't think strike is like the right term we're using here. We're getting like a double a strike. Turkey, a turkey. We're getting three a turkey. Three in a row. <laughs> yeah, turkey. Yeah, Meyer. Um, shout out to Meyer. Yeah, he's, a, out. he's a man. He, has a, he actually has a guest question. Chris Eastone. Jakey, good morning, boys. Um, I'm sure there's a million stories you guys have already covered that are really great. Jake is one of the loosest guys in the game and the best guy to have on a trip. But I think a really funny one uh, that we could cue up the clip is the time that he landed on Eastone <laughs> and forced a awful sound to come out of the man himself. So let's see it. Later, dudes. Do you remember the sound he made, Bud? Dude, I was so scared. <laughs> Here we go. Let's play the clip. <laughs> Ow! 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 <laughs> I guess 
Dude, I thought I was going to die. That's the sound of Stony Buds being scared for his life. He had me like pinned in a corner and hit on both sides. I could have been bad. I definitely did have a little slow motion, too. I was like, oh, here we go. End of East Stone. Yeah, dude, it could have been really bad, but somehow this guy's just fancy on the feet, diamond dancing around me. I didn't think it hurt, man. I will, yeah. I mean, but I sure did scream. I will say, I was like, you always have like photographers and filmers, and like they're setting up and like, you know, they're finding their spots, and you kind of see them like in the landing and like a little too close. I remember being like, you chose it. <laughs> I was like, I'll try my best, but you know. Good like, luck with that <laughs> angle. Yeah, things can happen out there. Luckily, nothing too treacherous has ever happened. Well, one thing no. going back to Finland that just came back to mind, didn't you miss your flight home? Oh, He lost his passport, right? No, no this is a uh, different trip. No, this was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it was because I, I, I don't know how many trips I went to Helsinki and um, shout out to the current wife. I love you, but. Um, I was on a trip. Let's the wife a big old there. Big old, big old, big old horn for Miss Erin O.E. She's an absolute crusher. But before we met, um, we were on a trip, and I was, what was it? Like, there was this girl I was talking to, and anyways, I was messaging her. I was like, yeah, it's my last night, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is, like, before Tinder, and, like, I think Instagram was starting to pop. And I don't know how I got her phone number, but I was from a different trip. And so I went up and met with her. And she was like with her friends, and like we were sitting there partying. And she was like, she was "Like, why? Like, why would you even go home? Why don't you just stay?" And I was like, "I'll stay." It's <laughs> like, should I stay? And so I just sat there and I like changed my flight, and I just like came back. I was like, "I'm staying, boys. <laughs> like, I'm not leaving Helsinki." <laughs> so then I prolonged my month long trip already in Helsinki, and then stayed out there for a while. I was just like, "That's kind of the thing, though. It's like when you're traveling and like all those moments. It's like, so it's just." Do what's ever like the cooler story. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's like so. I, like those are always the moments where you're sitting there. It's like probably should go home. I think Yusaku is still at home waiting for me to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just like hanging out with these chicks. I'm like, nope, changing the flight. I'm staying. You gotta live in the moment. You do, man. And like, I, I think I did a good job of. I was conscious of that. Like, this is not gonna last forever. Like, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna do. It. And I'm like. Like, take advantage of it. Like, just live life and, you know, like, absolutely do your job. Don't be a shithead. But, you know, if shit like that pops up, yeah, you stay. <laughs> Love that. I think Blue put it really well in his episode. He was like, I was chasing experiences, not chasing yes. uh, tricks or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's, like, it's priceless. Like, when you get to travel like that and you get all these, like, crazy scenarios, meet all these people and, like, you know, and they say, like, we should do this. Just say yes. Just like, say yes. Just say yes. It's because easy, right? It's so much easier. And then, like, you're going to do it, and you're going to look back, and you're staring at a job and pushing your face into drywall all day long. You'll be like, yeah, glad I said yes back then. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> hey, I got a quick fun Patreon question. This is from none other than Lance Hacker. Fuck, Mary kill, hunting, fishing, snowboarding. My, how's that go again? Fuck, Mary Or what is it? Fuck, Mary kill. Yeah. Hunting, fishing, snowboarding. Tough question for Jake. You can see he's uh, bewildered. I gotta kill something. I guess I'm killing something. And everything, but yeah, one of them's um, gotta be killed out your life. I guess something's gotta be killed out my life. I don't know. Like, um, ooh, don't like that question. <laughs> <laughs> you can thank Lance for that one. I, I mean, okay, I'll just be honest. I mean, at this point in my life, um, like, like where I'm at, like I'm really into bow hunting. 
And so um, I like to marry that. Fuck, I don't know if I could kill fishing or snowboarding. That's if you a kill tough snowboarding. You might lose all of us, dog. No, you guys. Yeah, I'll just I'll just cook breakfast. <laughs> I'll just be the breakfast. You be the guy. cook. Um, I don't know. I'll just go with this. Mary, um, Mary snowboarding, kill fishing, and I guess fuck snowboarding. Well, you said snowboarding twice. You got to say. I think you said meant Mary bow hunting. Mary bow hunting. Yeah, Mary bow hunting, kill fish. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm getting shot no matter what I say. So <laughs> this just is brutal. But I like that question. That works. Why, that why do you Why do you like bow hunting? Bow, dude, bow hunting is so sick. It actually kind of reminds me of like snowboarding a little bit because. Um, well, anyways, to get back, it's just something to do. Like I got into it pretty early on, and then like now I'm not snowboarding as much, and I am like a very passionate person. Like I go like 120 into something, and like. I just can't snowboard that much just like with my life right now with work and everything that's going on. And so it's like, I can't do it at the level that I want to do it. So I like, that's taken a big back seat and I'm okay with it. That's fine for now. And so like, I have to fill that void with something. And so I definitely filled that void up with bow hunting and like super into it. And like, but it's cool because like, I love searching for spots, like for snowboarding and like figuring it all out and like practicing shooting the bow and, I just, I don't know. It's just a great pastime to, like, yeah, go out there. and But, like, the thing about it that's, like, kind of sucks, that's not like snowboarding, it's a very solitude sport. And so, like, the way I kind of have, like, my life set up now is, like, um, like, in the spring, I'll go fishing. In the summertime, it's, like, very social time. Like, there's always barbecues, like, reconnect, see a lot of friends. And I get kind of burn myself out. So when like the fall comes, I'm really stoked to go bow hunting because it's like very introspective kind of thing. You get like you just literally wake up before sunrise. You go and climb a tree in like some public land that you don't really know. It's like kind of weird. And you sit there all day long and think. Like literally just think. But you're just you're just waiting for that moment of like and I've had it and I've had a, a couple of really good ones where I've gotten some big deer and <coughs> It's just, like, that feeling is just like landing a trick snowboarding. Like, that's how I kind of compare it to, which is sad because it's, like, you get one of those a year if you shoot a big buck. But, like, with snowboarding, I was, like, I was getting 20 of those a year. <laughs> like, that was, like, it was, like, a sad thing. But, like, that's where my life's at now. And I can't, like, go out and, like, get clip high and, like, roll with the homies, which is cool. But, like, so that's kind of what I've transitioned to is the bow hunting, and I fucking love it. It's just so cool, and, like, being a part of nature and, like, really getting to know Minnesota and all those, like, all, like, the cutty spots and all these little small towns. And so I'm working my way up to, you know, one of these days hopefully get out um out west and get into elk hunting because the thing about sick that's about, like, mill deer stocking and elk hunting is that's a group effort. Like, that's the part I miss most about, so, like, I'm training right now, you know, for like the the glory days. This is where I'm going out and chasing elk. Like that's gonna be fucking so sick. Yeah, you need a crew to to do the elk, huh? Absolutely, get it out of there. I mean, you can and like like you can definitely get an elk belt by yourself. You have to quarter it, and it's like it sucks. But like, <clears throat> it's like the the thing about like bow hunting is like you. It's very primal, and um, you get into this mode. It's like almost like I'm like in like my filming season where I'm like obsessing over it. It's all I'm thinking about. I'm like looking at the weather, watching videos, like techniques and like 
are my broadheads sharp? And it's like, you just get in like this different mindset, which is kind of obsessive, which I miss. And I just, I just want to go bow hunting. I just want to go bow hunting. I just want to shoot a big fucking deer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just, it's like, it's more of the challenge. And the, once you conquer that, it's like very primal. It's like, it's very spiritual. It's like, wow. Like, like I'm not a big fan. Like I don't want to necessarily like kill the deer, but I'm going to eat it. Like I'm not a big guy that's going out and like shooting, sh- killing things to kill them, killing things to eat them. And so you get there, it's emotional, like, you know, you thank the deer, and you're like, like, that was crazy, and then, like, you have to track, like, you know, get it out of the woods, and it's super cool, and... You're pretty nice with the bow? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, an archery dude, but I shoot my bow a lot, yeah, like, anyone that says, like, they're, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, like, a killer, like, I'm a killer shot, like, yeah, I'm a great shot, but, like, doesn't really matter, because it's, like, when you're in the moment, like, that's when it gets hard, like, when you can see a big deer walking up, like... You start shaking, everything happens so fast, and you have to shoot and like, yeah. So I've been, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I'm a good shot, but it's just like it I doesn't matter. Like in the backyard, like everyone's a good shot in the backyard. Uh, it's a, like when, when you're out all in the, the yeah, exactly. It's like the, shooting the clay, clay pigeons versus when a duck actually comes in. It's two different beasts. Way different. Because when things get the, real, the duck comes in, you. My sour patch kids go flying all over the place, and I'm completely whiff. Whereas, like, I get hit a clay <laughs> pigeon every time. But I, I think that uh, there's a couple of cool things there, too, is like, you know, I've said this on the show a bunch, but, you know, as if you think about with your snowboarding, you've done it your whole life. Yeah. You've, you've, I don't want to say mastered, but you've, you've gotten extremely fucking good at snowboarding. So for you to get better requires like a tremendous effort. Like, you, you know, you do a front two on a rail, you're like, cool, I've done that a hundred fucking thousand plus times in my life. Where when you're at the bottom of a learning curve, you can kind of see your progression every day. Yeah. And you're like, it's like kind of addictive where you're like, oh, I got better than, you, you know, that like the bottom of a learning curve is like a really exciting thing as you, when you, when you get older and find new <coughs> passions. It's, it's super cool. And like, that was one thing too, when like my snowboard career was done, it was like, I was, you know, I was also kind of stoked because like there's other things I want to try because I've been so devoted to snowboarding. Like I always really wanted to get really deep into hunting and like, take advantage of that moment it was like okay now i can do this now i can really devote a lot of time and focus into like this new passion of mine you know so i don't i mean i don't know like i'll probably be bowling forever though like it's fucking so sick and like mm-hmm. so weird though like there's such a dynamic with like social media and bow hunting and like killing animals like i remember like i posted a deer that i shot like i was super proud of like this big buck I think I got I got immediately lost like a thousand followers just uh, like that, and I was just like, "Wow, people!" But I was like, "Career's ending, anyways." I was like, "I don't really care anymore. I don't need this." But I was like, "Kind of, it's crazy." Like people are very particular about the conversation, which is so backwards in my head because it's like the most organic thing you can possibly do. It's like I'm going out and ethically killing a wild animal, treating it with ultimate respect, coming home and eating it. And it's, like, super healthy, and people are like, I think that's so fucked up that you do that. You should go to hell, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you eating? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you go and, like, unwrap burgers, and, like, it's, like, so. It's easy for them to not understand what's actually really happening or think about it. It's out of their mind, you know? Yeah, people are so. you on a plate, it's different. Yeah. Yeah, people are super detached from meat and that it's actually an animal at this point because it's such a commodity. It's, like, it's just meat. It's, like, burger. But they don't realize that, like, that's coming from an animal that died and sacrificed for you to eat that. And 
So like that's why I think bow hunting's super cool too. It's like you're going out and you're you're killing the animal and you know take every piece of it and you eat it and I think that's super cool mm-hmm. too. And there's another sidebar too fact that is like uh, you know depending on the species of animal, but for most species it's well over ninety to ninety five percent of the the species. I could be wrong about that number, but I know for for certain species it's it's protected by the people that hunt it. So it sounds very backwards and counterintuitive, but you have to pay a lot of money for a tag. You have to pay money for stamps. And so that what that money does is goes to conserve the land which these animals roam free to protect it from that land getting overtaken by, you know, people building houses, by people moving in to protect that public land. So it's really important to understand that when you're when you're paying to do these things, you're actually also paying to conserve and sure you you definitely are killing some of the animals, but also like if they get overpopulated, right? They can, there's, there's other conversations where their, their disease spreads and things like there, there needs, from what I understand in my, my, and, and obviously, you know, there's people are going to have completely different opinions in this and that is totally okay. And they can be really upset with that. And that's also totally okay. You know, like that's, that's, what's fine about it. too. No, it's, it's, it's an absolute truth. Like that, like controversial, like ugh, conservation is what provides wildlife and like what we can enjoy in like the state parks and being all of the, and so that it's funny. It's a paradox in reality. It's because killing the animals is what also is what's saving them. And so, because also a lot of times this is the high statistics too, that, you know, like it, especially in Minnesota, the deer, they do get overpopulated. So what happens is they get hit by cars. So they, they die that way, and then they kill humans in the car crashes. And so, like, there's a good balance because the wildlife, it is, like, you don't want to play God, but you also want to, you know, keep it in a lane so, you know, it's sustainable. You don't want to overpopulate it because then it uh, fucks up other food chains too. So that's why you pay a lot of money, you know, for hunting hunting licenses and everyone so you can have the scientists doing the math for us, being like, yo, this is what the herd should be. And so... People hate on it, but it's like well, it, it's it's fair. It's just good to see both perspectives because there's you have a vegan perspective that's like totally against it, and and that's also fucking fine too. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like and it's just there's good even to, meat eaters that are against it. Though. Yeah, that's what's funny. Yeah, yeah like exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. And so I think you know we don't need to get into yeah. full deep hunting conservation. I do podcast. have one more. Yeah, one more question from Patreon that goes along these lines. This is from Clayton. Jake, who started the trend of Minnesotan snowboarders fishing more than they snowboard? And which snowboarder is the worst dude to have in the boat with you? <laughs> <laughs> so sick. That's a great question. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't know where the trend started, but I'll. this is, like, where it began. So, Joe Sexton and I, we, um like, gun-ho bass fishermen. Like, we went full out. So, like, it kind of turned into, like, we had our snowboard season, and as soon as that ended, we were fucking fishing. And, like, when I say we were fucking fishing, like, it was, like, three days a week before sunrise. Like, I'm setting him little pep talks before he falls asleep. Like, big day tomorrow, buddy. Like, the wind looks perfect. Like, <laughs> like we're going to crush it. And we crushed it. We got super good at it. And, like, it was so fun. We had, like, this little shitty boat that Joe that Joe had. And... um. We would just go out and fishing all the time. Like, that was our life. And then, like, a little bittersweet, like, the, the season would end. We're like, got to go back to snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, we'd come back and we'd be like, all right, yes, it's fishing season. And then, like, we'd just go fishing all the time. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it kind of just, like, turned into, like, a bunch of dudes, like, in the off season. We just, like, started fishing. But 
like mainly like for me it was like like big shout out to Mike Tinas who did all the bald eagle videos and like definitely created careers for the majority of the guys these days like mad homie and um he's like so he's the one that taught Joe and I how to like really bass fish super well he's a really good bass fisherman and so like we were rolling with him and we go on trips and Sam Fenton the lumberjack god and <laughs> I don't know, man. We was just like obsessed over it, just like how we obsess over snowboarding. It was just like, like it was probably like one of those things. It's like, cause like you know, like when you get done filming, like it's a crazy feeling when you get done, cause you just go, 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 go. And also, when the season ends, it's like, what do I do with my life? Like, what do I fulfill this with? And it's like, kind of a weird feeling. And so, like, you have to have something else because that's who you are. And like, it's kind of like once you're on the train, you leave the train. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's really weird. And so it was like, we just fulfilled that with fishing. So we just went gun on fishing. And so it was like a really healthy, like, little now, balance between we, the seasons. We got to get back to the part two of the question. Mm -hmm. Worst guy in the boat. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> we need yeah, an answer. That's, that's a huge question. All right, all right. So I want to know. Okay. Worst guy in the boat. Um, I, I, no names. Like, there's like no, like, you're going no names. Well, like, you can't Louis Vito yeah. this. You have to give names. us a name. I'll, oh. You're going to have to throw someone under the rug, as you like to say. Yeah, not under the bus, under <laughs> the rug. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> you yeah. said it twice now. Um, okay, so this is like, and I don't want to shit on fly fishing because I, I fly fish now, too. I, got, I go in the spring. I really like fly fishing, but nothing fucking worse when you get on a boat and you're going bass fishing and a fucking guy shows up with a fly rod. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, we're not fly fishing on the boat because... Like, if we're stacked and it's open and we're doing a weekend and, um, you know, a guy shows up, like, there goes a lot of room for casting. And now you got this thing whipping around and we're precision, we're bait casting. Like, I don't know, we're texting her again, like, making sure, like, we're very precision. And you got the fly guy in the back there. I'm just like, no fly in the boat, bud. So who like, were a couple fly guys that might have showed up? I some I some guys I don't really even know their well, names. Well, he's Louis. No. He's Louis he's Vito in this. I like it. He's giving us. He's <laughs> right. giving us a dodge. I, I can respect a I good can dodge. Respect a good dodge. Now too. earlier you mentioned Mike Tinez. We happen to have a guest question from Mike. Here we go. No what way. What up, Hole? Mike Tinez here. Um, got a question for Jake Olsenell. Uh Jake, uh, I always wondered how the hell you graduated college. You know, you're a pro snowboarder. Um, traveling and then partying every day of the week at McRudy's. Um, yeah, just let the listeners know how the heck you balanced it and pulled it off. And I uh, always like to thank you for helping us sell so many signal boards over the years, man. It's crazy. Uh, mad respect, bomb hole. Um, love what you guys are doing. Peace, boys. Thanks, Mike absolute ledge mike tns he's uh yeah he, he owned the u shelter i think that's what he's referencing he owned a shop in st cloud um no way that is so sick okay so like so when i was snowboarding i actually was going to college the whole time and i never knew that yeah so <clears throat> and i'm not one of those guys that says like college is like you have to do it like i actually really like college i like learning and like that whole aspect so like when I was filming, and it's such a detachment, like, I lived in a house with 12 guys and was studying and, like, fully living the college life, like, partying every day. Like, so, anyways, to back up a little bit, I would go to school just in the fall. 
And then I would keep my house up there with the boys, and then I would go travel and film snowboarding. So I would like your roommates were college kids, college guys in St. Cloud. So they're yeah. an hour north of yeah. Minneapolis, and they don't snowboard. They don't even know what the hell I do, and wow. they were just like, "What?" Like, and then they finally figured it out because I, whenever I would, whenever I would show up to the homies, like come up there on from a trip, I bring big boxes of clothes, and like <laughs> they're all wearing crew stuff, signal <laughs> stuff to like. To this day, they're all like kitted out in snowboard gear, but I don't know, man. I like I thoroughly think college is such a cool experience, and like you learn so much, and you connect with so many different people from different walks of life. And I like, and to this day, I'm very good friends with all my college buddies. And so, like, I didn't want to leave that with snowboarding, and like, and I ran like I was super into soccer, even all growing up. And so, like, my college, like, we ran the men's soccer team for St. Cloud which wasn't like D1, just a club team. But like we had, like I had all these things that I didn't want to leave. Like I really liked it. But then like, here I'm a pro snowboarder and I probably should be riding preseason more often, but you know, I'm studying. And so I don't know, like I balance it pretty well because I just like cut the cord. I was like, I'd go to college in the fall. I'd always do like the minimum, I think it was 12 credits. And so I was like, you know, I should be a doctor at this point. But (laughs) how long, how many years and what did you study? Um, so business. So what I did is, um, like I, yeah, just generals and business. And then I actually ended up going back to college after, because I think it was like 2012. So I was at St. Cloud state for six years, like prime filming years. And so like kind of missed the preseason <laughs> and then I would go snowboarding and they'd be like, all right, see you Jake. Like maybe we'll see, you, you know, and then in the summertime I would go back and live with them and then party like, like, it's, like, not going out as absolute fucking style, um, which is, like, but that's important. Like, you got to get those out, and that was so fun. So I don't know if I necessarily balanced it well, but I just think it's super cool. But then I end up dropping out because I remember, like, I was going on so many more trips, like, preseason. Like, like I, I can't remember, like, like, going to Scotland, and I'm, like, trying to convince my teachers that, like, I'm missing class, and I'm, like, seriously, this is my job. And, like rightfully so they're like it doesn't matter like you're gonna fail and like i would still like do homework and like somehow make it work and then it got to the point where i was like i can't do it anymore and so then i had to just fully drop out but by then they already graduated so i was like oh like duh it's been five five or six years so then i then i dropped out and then um but then like three or four years uh, five years now ago like right when i ended snowboarding got into carpentry did that super heavy for a few years, and I was like, just had a little bit left to college, and so I just went ham and finished my degree. Nice. Yeah. I mean, Congrats. it's cool, man. It's Yeah, yeah. It's super cool. Like, the things you learn in college is, like, what we learn on the road on the bus, though. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, that is a very real thing. Like, everything that we talk about and hanging in the hallways and traveling is all the same stuff you learn in college to a certain degree. Like, there's certain functionalities that, like, college like kind of like fine-tuned for me that's like helped me with business but yeah so like in college you learn how to like properly tie a bungee and pull it back (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of college is just the relationships you you, dude uh, it's so true man like and like i say uh, and what do they say it's like c students hire a students to teach b students and i fully believe that because like the c students are the entrepreneurs that know the A, the a people that are going to teach the B guys. Damn, wow. I never heard that. Yeah, before. I never heard that either. Yeah, and Say I fully it believe it. One more time, it. clearly from the beginning. So <clears throat> it's the C. So like we're talking about grades. Yeah. So like the C students hire the A students to teach the B students. Ah. 
So it's like the, the C students are the CEOs and maybe the A students are the directors that manage the B students. And like to this day, like it's fully true. Like, like all my buddies, like there was a little, some guys did okay. Like I was a for sure C student. <laughs> like even when I went back to college, I was for sure, for sure C <laughs> student. Like not that I wasn't like, I gave it my all and it like, wasn't that I was smart, but it was like, I don't know. It was like, C students good. Like yeah. you should be happy with C's. Like that's a it's a passing grade. And but like even like all my friends that are C students, very successful. Everyone that was like doing really good in college, super focused. They, I mean, unless you become like a doctor or a lawyer, like that's a different scenario. But like not as not as successful because it's because the C students are creating all those people skills in the bar and mm-hmm. relationship building and how to navigate the world. And the A students are so focused on getting the A's. Yeah, they can't really function in they, the people then, scenario Then you get in those, in those scenarios, kind of like what we were saying about, like, you know, the better snowboarder versus the guy, you know, that's easy to get along with. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the guy that's getting easy along with is he's, he's the am rider. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way the world works, and rightfully so. That's a great point. I love that's love great that. life. We're getting life advice yeah. from Jake Lee. I love to Just hear like it. Just like we hoped. Oh yeah, buckets going around. So <laughs> yeah. feel free to leave a tip. <laughs> I, I, I want I want to uh, get into your career because I thought I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, financially, you know, if you look at like take for example team managers, it was like it was it seemed to me like you you did okay. But it wasn't like you were uh, Scrooge McDuck, right? Like definitely wasn't Scrooge McDuck. And, and it seemed like at certain points, like maybe like it was hard harder to find sponsors in some situations. And it was like you were every team manager's favorite snowboarder, but then like not every not always you didn't always end up on like the the big money team kind of thing. Yeah, so like I was like I was I was kind of like a wizard with like out of rotating sponsors <laughs> at all time. <laughs> a wizard. <laughs> I was a. Yeah, definitely a wizard. Like, I always had, like, all these, like, I always had, like, a bunch of little sponsors, but I never have, like, like the big, like, monster, like, the energy drink sponsor, just because, like, rightfully so. I wasn't really a poster child. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I always thought you were very photogenic. You did cool stuff. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I don't know. So, like, with that, like, I, I don't know. I was, like, I was always really good about like forecasting and seeing like where my contracts were going and when they were ending. And so I was always like had my foot, like one foot in the door ahead of time. So like if this contract was like drying up, it usually means the company wasn't surviving. Yeah. (laughs) And so then I would be like, be able to like hop around. So I was fortunate, like definitely fortunate, very thankful for all my sponsors. that You got on quick, Quicksilver for a while. And that was was a good check. I bet. Yeah. Quick was sick and signal always paid me well. And I don't know. Like I was always like the, like I was always just going to be able to get like little buckets from everybody. And like, they're always like pretty loyal to me. So like I was able, um, yeah, quick, quick was so fucking cool. And then all of a sudden it, it lasted for like two years and then they just had to pull the rug. It was just classic for, now, All I'm, these I'm curious, you know, I always wondered, like, how your career kind of ended. I never really, I never knew exactly what happened. So the way it ended for me was, um, it was, it was, like, definitely ending. I could kind of get that feeling that, like, like, oh, like, another sponsor is not going to survive. Like, like, I'm probably going to lose that check. And um, so anyways, I saw, it, I kind of saw it coming. And so I was, like. Like, I got to start coming up with a backup plan. So I started working carpentry with my uncle, um, Paulson, who's a G. 
big shout out. And I, um, he's a general contractor. So I, um, hit him up. I was just like, he was like, Hey man, can I start working with you in the summer? Like I got to start building some skills. So he, he helped me a lot, show me the ropes. And then like, um, so I would do that like a little bit and like not full time in the summer because it was like priority was definitely fishing. And, um, so then I kind of built up those skills, you know, like a, like a little bit of novice level. Like we're not talking like a good carpenter, but then I got this opportunity like the next year where it's so fucking random. I was posting photos on my Instagram of like my tools. And one of my buddies hit me up. He was like, Hey, like we're dying for carpenters. Like, you know, I see you're a carpenter these days. Do you want to come be one of our carpenters? I'm like, like, whoa. Like, because they wanted me to be a trade partner. So I would be doing a lot of their remodeling for them. So it was a big gig. And I was like, well, they didn't ask if I was good at this. So I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> but I just said, I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And so then Say like, yes, but it was sick because like, so I was like, I would do one job for them. And then like, just I sweat my balls off a lot of YouTube like sitting there so I was like maybe like a like you know like a two-day job and it, I'd probably do it in two days but it was like you know 15 hour days of me just like shitting bricks making sure it worked and I figured it out learned it and then like hey they love that like we got another one for you we got another one for you got another one for you I picked it up like a lot just all from YouTube just watching YouTube being that scenario and like getting into like skirt boards and I'm like fuck, I have no idea how to do skateboards. And I remember just sitting there like, but I don't want them to find out. I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't, and I couldn't really talk to anybody about it. So I just watched YouTube, figure it out. And there's it's only skateboard. Skateboards is the, uh, the trim going up the stairs. Oh. So it's very intricate and you have to find like all the angles. 45s. It's, and Yeah. It's like, it's, gotta have it right or it's gonna look real bad. Yeah, huh? you can't fake it to make it on skateboards. Yeah. Like you, you really gotta know what's up. And so, like, I remember like this specific moment where I was like, because they would just send me blueprints, and I'd show up, do the blueprints, and I didn't. It was the first time they had skateboards on there. I was just like, drop my belt. I'm like, I'm busted. Yep, this is it. Like, I, this is fully it. And then the like, jig is up. And I remember going to lunch and like pulling up YouTube, and I was just watching. I was like, you can do this. Like, you got it. And I did it. And I crushed it. And it worked out, and they're like, love it. And my buddy called me one day. He's like, I got good news and bad news. I was like, busted. Like, they know I'm not like that good of a carpenter. And he was just like, I was like, what's the good news? He was like, they let go of the other carpenter. Like, they had like three of them at the time. They let go of so-and-so. I'm like, oh, okay, what's the bad news? He's like, you're not going to have a life. It's like, fuck. So after that, they just sent me everything, like all the big projects and same thing. I did that for like a year. So you did better than the real carpenters. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> it was, and it was a trade partner. So we're all getting the same wage. It's just like all per linear foot. So it's not like there's there's actually no negotiating. And um, can you explain what a trade partner is? So like a trade partner is like okay. So if like you're a general contractor, sorry, go ahead. If like if you're if you're a general contractor, you're gonna have your trade partners. So you're like you're gonna have your electrician, your carpenter, your plumber, uh. like. And so, like, that's a relationship when, like, you, like, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but your trade partners, it's like a, like, we're together on these projects because if that GC loses their trade partners, they're not going to be able to build anything because they're just the general contractor. So mm -hmm. I was a trade partner for them. And uh, so they had let go of one of their companies. So now it was just me and the other guy. And I had no fucking life. And so then that was the year, where, like, I was getting paid snowboarding, but I had, like, such a good gig. And I was, like, and if I left, like, I didn't like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I was just like, 
I was like, I'm just going to do this. Like, I think it was the right move. I was just, so I just went face first into carpentry and like, it was kind of cool. It was like almost like snowboarding again, like work all day long, like do carpentry, like see what I'm doing the next day. Like look at the blueprints, like watch all this, like all the carpentry videos. I like all my carpentry Instagram fan, like guys I fan out on and like learned so much from that. And I picked it up pretty quick. And then, um, yeah. And so then also I was just like, next thing I knew, I like woke up and I'm like a full blown carpenter. You're good at it and you liked it. I liked it. It's super cool. I really liked it. But then like, so now I'm like off and running and like I'm picking up bids on the weekend. And so like now I'm like not snowboarding at all. And so I was like bummed, but like I was able to like take that like bumness into that. Cause now I have this new passion, right? And like now I'm just doing carpenter. I will say it's crazy because it's like kind of addicting when you go from like a snowboarder into that, because when like a snowboarder, it's a salary, like other than incentives, like, no matter how hard you work, you know exactly what you're getting paid. And like, you know, and like you're what, what you're, the hard work is so you get re-signed and that all makes sense. But like with carpentry, it was like, the more I said yes, the more money I made. Yeah. And I was like, boom, 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 just stacking cash, taking up things on the weekend. And I was doing that for, I did it for like three years. And then like all of a sudden, like, I remember one day, like sitting in my truck with my breakfast, like sun's about to come out, going to a job. And I was like, I'm going to be doing this forever if I don't. And, like, like I have so much more to offer than this. Like, I'm really glad I'm doing it. And so then that's when I went back to school. And I was like, I'm going to go back to school and just, like, round out this degree. And then I got into, like, project management for a construction company. Nice. Yeah. Take it to a bigger level. Take it to a bigger level. Like, use my brain. It's like, and I really, like, carpenters are the boys. Like, they're, it's a really, it's a hard let's job. A, let's give a shout out to all those manual labor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Unsung heroes working hard. Dude, the, 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 and it's a great gig, dude. Like, it's an, like, for anyone out there that's, like, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do, seriously, go into construction. You learn so much so fast. You make really good money for, even at the entry level. It's like, you can you can hone your skills pretty quick too because people you know I didn't have that because I went like the full trade partner right out the gates and like was like I guess I got YouTube so like, I had like no one else to ask questions to but like if you come on you know as like you know a young apprentice like working alongside them you'll learn it fast so another thing too that is uh, you know something I always loved about manual labor too is when you get going on a project. And you really hit like a flow state the same way you do snowboarding. Mm-hmm. When you're going, you're grabbing a piece of lumber, you're chopping it, you throw it in there, it fits, and you got your next piece, you're throwing tape measure, and all of a sudden you're like moving and, and you're like, you know, you're like in this weird flow at some Exactly. Dude, hours go by. Yeah. Like I remember like like towards the end, like it was like I was so efficient with it that like it was almost mindless to the point where it's just like you're flowing. You have all your processes. You're you're chopping, stacking, chopping, stacking, installing, gluing, blah blah blah, getting it all done. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like snowboarding. Five o'clock. It's like, it's like, it's like, cool. like, whoa, okay, it's time to go home. <laughs> but then, like, um, but yeah, it's but but the thing that's really cool about it is like is you get to see the reward. It's kind of like you know when you land a trick. There's an end product that you get to see, like especially in carpentry. I remember just sitting there being like, "What the fuck? How did I do this? Like, this is so sick. This looks so cool." And it's like baller ass house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have one more guest question. This guest question is presented by Mountain Dew. That's right, Mountain Dew. Do the Dew. Uh, this is from Mountain Dew team rider Danny Davis. Here we go. 
What is your most enjoyable moment on your snowboard? Describe to me the best time you've ever had on your snowboard. Love it, Danny. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no, did you see his eye roll? <laughs> what, is, what is this you've been doing over here? This... I don't know. I have this back. Long stretch. Oh, my back. I have this pinched nerve. Mm. What is the best moment on my snowboard? It's just the curves, you know, just cruising down the hill. You know, curves? The, Did you say curves? Curves, like curves or curves? curves? Curves. And what I really like to do is, is actually kind of fun. I've been doing with my friends is filming my curves going down the groomers. And it's just like so cool to like see me carving down the hill. So that's been my like that's my new big thing right your now. Your new uh your no oh, high you're back carve, carve. You're a carve guy. You're a no high back. I'm a big carve. Car- I'm a big carve guy. You know, I just I go out there and just like hit the groomer. You can't even do grab, a hillside carve. Really lean into it. Grabbing rails. No, that's actually full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Would, would you describe yourself as the most full of shit human uh, on planet Earth? Working towards it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, you know, you're a pretty full of shit guy yourself. <laughs> yeah, so you know, takes one not, to know one. Let's not let's not beat one. around the bush here. Yeah, that's true. Let's not beat around the bush. And uh, Buds has a gigantic one. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen him in the onsen. Don't 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 worry about that. <laughs> the old bird's nest. The old bird's nest. All nest, no bird. He's <laughs> like, I don't know where my mic went. I was like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> It's like a fanny pack. You just store things in there. Store, you store loose change and yeah, cash. Anything you want, really. Debit cards. All kinds of miscellaneous items is in that, the bush. I think I got one of those for you. Hold on. Let me take a look. <laughs> let me check down here. Lose things in there. Yeah. Lose, lose it in the bird's nest. Shout out to the lady. <laughs> Okay, uh, man, we've been really cranking along. Um, we're going to get into Hot Takes. Mm-hmm. Hot Takes is presented by Oakley. Uh, you know, I run the Line Miner goggles, which I love. And also, I run the Mod 5 helmet, but I've been trying to get my hands on the Mod 1 Pro. I think that that's the, the really dope Is helmet. this you trying to put an order in right now? <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get an order in. I think they're sold out, but the one you really want, from what I had, I, I, I've gathered the intel, the one that you really want, that all the pros, the, the the guys that know what they're doing wear is the the mod one pro. Mod one. So uh, that being said, we're gonna get into uh, hot takes now. MJ of snowboarding, male and female. Jake Oe, what is your answer? What is my like my what's who's the god? Who's the who's the goat? Who's the goat? <sighs> That's such a from dope. your viewpoint. From my viewpoint. Yeah. God, I'm just gonna have to just go with the simple Dirks. I think Nick Dirks. <laughs> He's still crushing it, crushing beers. <laughs> he like currently looks a little scary in my book. <laughs> dude, his hair was looking nice, dude. All tied up, random colors. But he's sick, dude. He's just like, like I don't know, like he's just a sick pro snowboarder. Like it was just like I don't know, crushing beers, running it, like dyeing his hair all crazy colors, like, like not truly, actually not giving a fuck. And mm-hmm. I think that's sick. So, I don't know. Going guy, we're going with the old dirt. Okay, female, who you got? Female, well, we have to go with Desiree because, like, we're homies and she's the goat. So, that's a little bias, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're homies. <laughs> that's a very yeah, solid answer. answer. But I guess it's biased because I know Dick or whatever, Dick Nurks, anyway. So, so uh, who you got for most underrated border? Most underrated border. Um, I mean, I don't know if. You know what? I'm just going to follow my gut here. I'm going to say Tommy Towns. Tommy Towns? Tommy Towns. This is a great roster of answers. <laughs> I'm loving this. 
He's the future. Now, this one doesn't really apply to you, but we ask it a lot. Dude, Tommy rolled up to me at the at the event. Never met him before. Didn't even know what he looked like, you know? But he just rolled up, and he's just like, hey, I'm Tommy. <laughs> and like, hi, I'm Tommy. Yeah, like all kind of funny, like yeah. said it in a funny way. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, I, didn't, I had no idea who he was, but then he walked away, and I saw some dust box pants, and I was like, oh, okay, that's the That's tea. the legend. That's the legend. Tommy T. Born and bred. Uh, so we uh, we asked this one. It's it doesn't really apply to you, but high backs over or under the pants? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> That's we, actually a, such a sick question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't know. Like you definitely have, not the full like roll up boot dealio. Like that's always a tough one, but um. Over, I would just say you, well, you don't have high back, so it's always <laughs> yeah, you don't it's have like, high back, so. not a lot of options over in <laughs> <than> this side. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, best style on a snowboard, who you got? Who do I got? Um, I don't, I'm gonna just say this, it's more of a genre. I'm just gonna say the Japan Japanese riders, I think they all got such sick style. And Yuki this weekend, like, I don't know if like he's, I don't want to generalize, I think that's a bad thing nowadays, but I think like. Whatever reason, I love watching Japanese snowboards. They always have such sick style. So good vibe we'll to go them with too. that. Yeah, that's just a lot always, of pop. Yeah, yeah, they do it right. All right. Well, I don't know if this will ever happen, but if you could go heliboarding with three people, just good times. You know, you're just doing some power turns down the hill. Who are you taking? Where are you going? Not where are you going. Just who you're taking. Well, yeah, where we're going, I wouldn't even know. Just so. take it to Highland. You're taking a heli to Highland. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> that would rule, dude, right in heli. All right, so we're, we're going to, like, you know, like, like a Boldface-esque kind of area, like white, I don't know, like where you would heli out there, but I think I'd just bring the boys. Maybe the three of us would go out. Oh, wow. We're invited. That's a good answer. You guys are invited, just the boys. Just go out and go for some cruisers and... Anyone, anyone that's like a good shit talker would be have to be on there because we're in the heli, you know. Yeah, could be a long flight, and I don't want to be sitting there with no cell service. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm more worried about the heli flight up than the ride down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, you know we we sometimes hit this one, sometimes don't. But the beaver slap, you know, getting getting the snow <laughs> off the board in the lift line, you smacking you smacking tail. I'm a big beaver slapper. You are. I fucking love it. Wow. I think it's so funny. Like I've heard you guys say that before. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm a beaver slapper. I fucking knew it. <laughs> you can't beaver slap on the Well, no, it's a, re- it's a real thing, though, because I fucking hate when you have all that snow on your board. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're up there. And pro tip, though, if you really are having a good day, you don't want to go beaver slap. You want to keep the snow on your board so you can throw snowballs at skiers yes. as you're riding down. So I was like, sometimes I'll go anti-beaver slap, load it up, and so I have some, some balls ready to rock. <laughs> but if I'm, you know, if I, you know, if I'm in like go mode, oh, I'm beaver slapping the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm here to win, boys. Watch <laughs> out. Win. Okay, worst trend in snowboarding. What do you got? Worst trend in or worst trend in life? Whatever, however you want. Yeah, whatever you want to frame it up as. I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to get too much hate for this. Like, I'm like the worst trend snowboarding. I was talking with some of my buddies is like, it's like, I feel like snowboarding is like, everyone's like filming less almost. Like they're so worried about like, it needs to be perfect and it needs to be like this. And like, if like I talk to guys and they're like, yeah, I got a couple clips this year. I'm cool with it. Like they're kind of cool. It's like, whatever. I was like, what happened? Like what happened? Like, we would get a shot a day. Like, we would, like, go out and get ham and, like, it was, like, which, back it up, because maybe we weren't doing it right because their shit's always super cool. But I hate to see that, like, vibe of, like, everyone's, like, 
ah, it's kind of whatever. I'm just going to get a couple clips this year and, you know, see what happens. I was like, no, like, let's, let's get juice. Let's fire it up. Let's get a bunch of clips. Let's go hang. So, I like that. I don't know. I like that trend. That's a great. Yeah. An- that might be my favorite answer. It was good. I've heard on Worst Trend is like not filming a A grade video part. <laughs> is essentially what your answer is. Yeah, just go out there and it's, you know. You're a pro snowboarder. Let's go do this. Yeah, and that, that's the fun stuff. Like you want, like, and then that's when, like, the, that's actually when the magic happens, though, is like you get into these scenarios and something crazy happened that wasn't necessarily planned on. It's like, like, I'll say, like, Kuzik gets away with it because he's very calculated and I really like the way he rides. And I think he kind of influenced a trend of like, being very particular and like way things are going and i that's cool but like not for everybody because yeah, but he we makes want, a video part happen yeah yeah like who's it crushes it like but i'm saying i think i have a feeling like he kind of influenced some people and now they're like yeah i'm like i'm just waiting for the right thing it's like it's like if we all do this we're not gonna get very much shit out so like let's just like <laughs> and then you don't get the sick bails which are more important a lot of times <laughs> so. and that confidence grows from getting those shots and that's how progression happens so yeah you need to be snowballing yeah we're we're, we're definitely a quantity over quality kind of guy over here <laughs> <laughs> i do love i just love how you always would set up spots and like you said it earlier but make it harder for yourself <laughs> like dude you could spend like 10 more minutes and just Make the lip onto that thing good. You're like, nah, it looks sick. Dude, it looks sick. Dude, <laughs> dude like, do your landing on pavement. Dude, it looks sick. That, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know what I was really thinking. <laughs> but it was just like this thing in my head. Like, like I wanted to be like core. Like, I don't know. Like, not, I don't know. I, want, I hate to say that because I think that's kind of a bad term. But it's like, it's just cool when it's like raw. Like, raw is sick. And like, you know, when we get the reverse cheese wedges going a little bit too much, which is like the reverse cheese land wedge landing, which I always thought was like looks stupid. And then like, and there are scenarios where it works and that's cool. But like, I always would see these reverse cheese wedges. We'd spend all the time to build it, and then they're flying over it anyways and yeah. landing flat. I'm like, what are you doing? Just get rid of the reverse cheese wedge, and the shot looks sick. Ninety percent of the time, they clear. They the always clear yeah. it. And I remember like early on, I was. How I, th- I think I like threw out I did a pretty good job of reverse cheese wedge of like trying not to do it like yes it's gonna be harder but like in my soul at least it looks cool in my head and like that's what mattered most for me now uh, a couple other things before we wrap up though you did you did pretty much your whole career with video grass with Justin Meyer mm-hmm. you knew how to capture your uh, your personality perfectly <laughs> which is what you know shine through. <laughs> And, uh, but then you filmed for Snowboarder Mag video and you and Gooner, and it was you, Gooner Blum, right? Was that your crew? Mm. Ethan Dice. Oh, Dice, too. Oh, yeah, Dice, yeah. Dice Man. Dude, that crew um, was fucking legendary. <laughs> and I'll say that from the aspect because Ethan Dice and I were always really good friends growing up, but like that was like the, I feel like the first time like we got to ride a lot together. And Magoon and like Blum, like we're always boys. But, boy, we squatted up. And it was just, like, game over. Dude, Magoon's the absolute man. It was such a good dynamic. And um, Forrest Bailey was in that, too. And um, he ended up getting hurt, though. But, um, yeah, that crew was so sick. It was, like, the antics were just beyond, like, a little bit, like, Star Wars pretty core, but it got a little bit, a little too much, I think, at some point. It's like, <laughs> Meyer would have loved it. <laughs> but it was just, like, yeah, it was kind of all level with those guys and, 
I don't know, Magoon's such an inspiration, too. Like, riding with him, like, what's super cool, and that's when he was on the sauce and, like, partying. We're definitely doing spot beers every day. (laughs) 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 And, like, but the thing that was so cool is, like, hanging in the hotel, and then, like, we're done, and it's, like, stay up kind of late. Like, 7 in the morning, Magoon is up, has his boots on, tied, sitting there, eating breakfast, and I have shorts and flip-flops on. And I'm like, whoa, goon, like you're smoking. I always thought like I would always get up early and like wouldn't be like the last guy to the getting food, at, you know, at the whatever free continental breakfast. But goon would show up with his gear on and his board sitting there. And yeah. that fired me up. And I was like, all right, let's go. We're getting clips today, boys. So that was a sick crew. So I have another Patreon for you. Love it. This is from Eric Leone. Whoa, sick. Shout out. He's got a one of the better hand plants in the game. He has a quality plant. I am curious. What initially got you interested in community outreach programs like Cool Meets Cause? After all these years giving back to community that you grew up in, what are some of your biggest takeaways from bringing snowboarding to kids from the inner city? Damn, that is sick. Um, <clears throat> so, like, the way, like, okay, so, like, this is the way I always looked at it is I'm actually, like, so thankful for snowboarding and everything it has given me and, like, life friends and so it was like i don't know like four or five years ago there's this guy anthony taylor he was running a program with bringing these girls in from north minneapolis which is i mean no one's really gonna understand the geographic areas here but in minneapolis like there's downtown and there's this little tiny resort called theodore worth right next to that is north minneapolis which is a more inner city um rougher neighborhood and i was just like it's so sick because like like, these guys, like, should be snowboarding. They could walk to this little resort. So I linked up with him years ago through a friend and um, um, was like, hey, I want to get involved. Like, but I was, like, traveling so much. I couldn't help him out. Like, I think it's so cool what you're doing. And then, like, we met up down the road and we started chatting more about it. And then um, it was Joe Sexton and I and him. And we're like, let's, like, we started a program where we would bring girls in um, from North Minneapolis to go snowboarding. And, like, that's when I was like out. And so I was like missing snowboarding. And I didn't really know how to like get back into it. Cause I didn't want to film necessarily, but I was like, this is my way to give back. And so I was bringing these girls in and teach them. And it was like very fulfilling. It's super cool to just, it's, it's really cool because like, I've seen like, even like other athletes that'll do that. And it's like their way of giving back. And so it was like, I wanted to give something back because I want to see that for them too. And it's cool to see like that spark in their eyes. So that's really how it all started. It was just like, it was really organic. And then like it blew up, like blew up to a sense where like we we had like 20 girls consistently a week coming out. And like, it was really funny too, because their parents were like really weirded out. Like, like who is this white guy trying to take our kids snowboarding? And like, is this creepy? Is this weird? So they're really on like, I feel like they were like a little uncomfortable with it. And then like, as the community grew, like the parents got super involved. And now I'm friends with, like, a lot of the parents, and I go golfing with one of them. And it's, like, it turned into, like, this little family where, like, like some moms, you know, like, I I was the pizza dude, so I always brought pizza. Like, that was my big thing. I'd buy big five, big five pizzas and bring it up. And, like, the moms are helping out. The girls love it. They got really good at snowboarding. And, like, and it, Anthony has structure, and, like, I have some structure. And then, like, we had our buddy Kyle Hansen come in and help out, and he was, like, they had some structure. But, like, 
like, okay, you're the pro athletes. Like, teach them how to snowboard. I'm like, I don't know if I know I can teach someone how to snowboard. Like, I just, like, know how to do it. So it was, like, luckily, like, no one really ever got hurt. But, like, it was, like, it was, like, like we're just getting the girls up there. We got, we did a fundraiser, got all these snowboards um, to the community, which was super cool. We collected, like, 25 setups, which is, they're all really old, shitty snowboards, which is really sick because it's, like, they're not on, like, all this brand-new gear. It's, you're not setting the tone. Like, this is, like, a you know, you have to, like, kind of work with, like, the grind boards that are, like, whatever. Like, you're not going to – it's not going to be super easy. So they're on all these, like, really sick old graphics. Kind of just, like, push them down the hill and, like, <laughs> like really, like, sit down there and help. And, like, some of these girls freaking rip. And they got really good at snowboarding. So it's just, like, I don't know. Like, it that was really it. Like, it was, like, five years ago when we got involved and – and it's kind of built like this little community. It's like I've learned, met a lot of really cool people through it. So, kill that's it, rad. Yeah, that can that can change somebody's life too. And that's so. like, and that's really my thing. It's like, it's not really about teaching them snowboarding. It's about just them opening their eyes to like. There's other things you can do in Minnesota. There's like so many parks, so many free things you can do out there. And so it's like it's really teaching them like how to learn something new and like. Some of them, because we really were pushing to get the parents involved. And, like, we had some moms that, um, this one mom came out and she was, like, thank me so much. She was, like, I have never, I didn't know you could do stuff outside of Minnesota in the wintertime. It's so cold. She was, like, I was, like, yeah, you can do this, like, all year round. You just got to dress warm and, like, keep moving. She was just, like, blown away. And, like, seeing that click is, like, the real win. It's, like, just opening their eyes. And now, like, one of the girls, um... Like, she's getting into archery and, like, utilizing the park even more, and they're enjoying it, and, like, they become friends, and so that's, like, the real win right there. Killer. Well, Jake, I think it's been a hell of a chat. Uh, before we wrap it up, too, I got to ask, uh, what's what's next for Jake OE? What do we got on the docket? I don't know, boys. Just keep my nose in the ground. Uh, just working, working, building my career. So, I don't know. I like. It's good to have, like, five-year, ten-year plans, and I definitely have that. But, like, right now, like, like even with, like, the construction industry, like, now I'm selling lumber, working for a lumber yard, and I just keep my nose to the ground. Just work and just keep building my skills, and that's next for me. <laughs> well, you should come out to more snowboard events and stuff. Like, that's it was what, so fun yes. having you at Bombhole Cup, yeah. so fun seeing you at Red Bull Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I definitely want it. Like, that's going to be, like, my new thing is, like, I want to, like, dock at some, like, a couple trips a year where I just come and help. Like, even today, like, I was so thankful and so happy to just be a part of the crew and help you guys out. Like, that's where I can see me living. Like, bring the lady out. Maybe we'll have kids by then, you know. Bring the little shithead OE with. and Oh, a future shithead. Future shithead. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's kind of my thing. I, like, I want to get my hands a little bit more involved and just help out, like, what you guys are doing, all my friends, and making sure, you know. Yeah, everyone's still chill. Amazing. Well, uh, you want to s- throw out any thank yous before we put a bow on this thing? No, I mean, I would say a like, big thank you for sure. Mike Tines, like Bald Eagle Productions is like definitely what helped me create my career. And the guys from Signal, Dave Lee, Mark Ringa, like those guys are like brothers to me. They definitely showed me the ropes. And it's like I, they took me on so many fucking cool trips. So I'm like really th- thankful for them and obviously my family and 
for you guys. Yeah, dog. <laughs> Thankful that we're still buddies and, you know, nothing's changed. And then most importantly, I want to like to thank um, Mrs. O.E. And, uh, and hopefully the future litter we got coming along. So want to thank her. She's a massive support and life would not be good without her. So love you, babe. You're the best. Amazing. Well, we want to say thank you for thank you for being you, Jake. Yeah, Jake. Honestly, thank you for being you and being a huge inspiration to all these snowboarders coming up, all the snowboarders of our generation. And uh, you you are a national treasure, Jake. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> national. You need to be preserved at all costs. <laughs> uh, so I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Anybody that watches on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe if you're watching or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any. And uh, we really appreciate all of our sponsors, all of our listeners, all of our Patreon members. You guys fucking rule over and out from the bomb hole. Peace.